It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. tournaments that we have an interest in as well here across the state of West Virginia. Welcome in to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm Ryan Epling, joined by Joe Linville, and happy to have back with us tonight, Bill Cornwell. Been a long time. Remember, I was here on the first show (laughs) of the year, which was what, the second week in December, I believe. So, the second week in March, I'm I'm back. Uh, Good to have you. Glad to be here. Yes, and um, boy, what what a week so far at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum when you talk about the girls' state tournament. Also, we have the pairings for the boys' state tournament as well that comes up one week from now. Guys, our, our last show of the year is, is next week. What are we going to do <laughs> yeah. on Friday nights? I'll have to find something else to do, I guess. My right? family won't know what to do if I'm hanging around the house. You know? <laughs> Joe, are you okay? You feeling all right? Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. But hey, hey, nothing but uh, you know, nothing but uh, good times to talk about, and a whole lot to talk about tonight. As uh, again, we've got all the boys' matchups are set for Charleston. The girls' state tournament has uh, is winding down. They're actually just getting ready for the final game of the day. And uh, you know, before we get too far in here, guys, you look at the matchups, and we'll, we'll go through all these in a moment, but the matchups that are coming up for the uh, Girls State Championship games tomorrow, uh, really, you, you look at the way that the last couple of games have played out. Very tight ball games. You go back to the 1 o'clock game from this afternoon, uh, which was a, a, a very, very uh, tight game for the most part. And then the game that just ended, Bluefield, holding off Winfield in A to get to the title game. You had Also, you had Huntington beating South, South Charleston, Charleston earlier. So, so those two games of the evening session, I should say, have both been outstanding basketball games as we thought they would. We'll get you the entire rundown of scores in just a moment, but Joe, to this point, I know you got you had a chance to get set courtside in Charleston. Anything kind of catch you off guard about the way uh, things have played out so far? Uh, only thing I've really heard complaints about was uh, getting people actually into the Civic Center. They had redesigned it. I had kind of snuck out there. I went over and watched a couple of the ladies' Mountain East games there last weekend, and I kind of snuck around where I wasn't supposed to. It looks great, but I think they got some uh, logistics to figure out before next Wednesday night, or they may have some problems at the yeah. Civic Center. So. Yeah, there, there are definitely – yeah, you're talking about next week when the boys' crowds are much larger. generally about triple. One and a half, double, <laughs> yeah. the triple the size of – especially the problem that I heard, the biggest problems were the morning sessions, actually, because of just – and they, they seem to be venue-related as much as anything right. right now. And it's not necessarily – the concourse it's just the inability to get tickets so what we want to tell you right now is that if you plan on going to the state championship games tomorrow in girls basketball or to the boys state tournament next week get there early mm-hmm. just get there early yeah um so it's like part of the issue might be that they don't have enough windows open not enough folks doing the job down there and that may be something that john robertson the director of the civic center just needs to get addressed before the boys' tournament. 
Well, definitely something that I know a lot of folks will be uh, keeping an eye on. But uh, before we get too far along, let's do a, a scoreboard update, shall we? Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. A very short, abbreviated <laughs> scoreboard tonight because, well, there are only six games in the Mountain State, but one of them is still a few minutes away from tipping off. So five games in the books today, and here we go. Girls Class Single A, the state title matchup is set. Williamstown upsets Wheeling Central 65-59 the final in that one. Just the second loss of the season for the Lady Knights. It comes in the Class Single A semifinal. Williamstown, the sixth seed. Magical number, some may say. We'll go to the state championship game tomorrow at noon where they will face the number five seed, St. Joe. The Irish defeat Summers County tonight, or today I should say, 79-59. St. Joe beats top-seeded Summers County, so Huntington-St. Joe will play for the girls' Class A title for a 10th consecutive year. The Class AA matchup is now set. Earlier today, Fairmont Senior surprisingly dominant fashion against North Marion. The Polar Bears defeat... North Marion by a final of 65-36. So the Huskies fall in the AA semifinals. Also, a game that just went final just moments ago. It was a victory for top seed in AA. That is Bluefield as the Beavers knock off Winfield tonight by a final of 55-43. Still one game to go. They'll tip off in just a few moments. It will be Buchanan Upshur, the number two seed in Class AAA against Wheeling Park, the three seed. Also, the winner of that one will take on the winner of Huntington and South Charleston. Huntington beating South Charleston 45-41 in the AAA semifinals. You know, the boys' regional tournament's also getting uh, a lot of notice this week, and I think the, the story of the week was a game that took place in the South Hills of Charleston in Class AA, where Herbert Hoover has been through so much since the June 23rd flood, uh, those deadly floods that swept through the Upper Canal Valley along the Elk River and also down into Fayette, Nicholas, and Greenbrier counties. Herbert Hoover School was condemned. They haven't been able to step foot in that school, and they will never step foot in that school again. The school will be torn down. They're going to build a brand-new school. They've had to split time. They played their home games at Elkview Middle School, so they couldn't host the regional round game with Robert C. Bird. Herbert Hoover never been to the Boys State Tournament. That's amazing. Now. Wow. That's amazing. They it make is. their first tournaments kind of like this year. What Northwestern's getting ready to do in the NCAA making their first ever appearance. Yeah, and, and Herbert <laughs> Hoover was up by three late in the game. Yeah. And Robert C. Bird banks in a 30-footer to send it to overtime. They end up going two overtimes before Herbert Hoover gets that win. We're going to get a different perspective on this. We've got Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg, voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. Bill First off, welcome back into basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Some nights you go to an arena and what you're seeing is much bigger than the game on the floor. And from a visiting perspective, being in that arena with all the emotion surrounding Herbert Hoover and and what has gone on in the Elkview and Clendenin areas since June, 
that was a different kind of atmosphere, I have to believe. It really was, Ryan. First of all, thanks for having me on, guys. And yeah, It was a, a fantastic evening. First time I'd ever had a chance to, to call a game there at George Washington. So we arrived there really early. We get there about 5 o'clock in the evening and, uh, of course, tip off at 7 o'clock. There are already fans there uh, in attendance for Herbert Hoover. And uh, as, the, as the minutes went on, the crowd just swole. And it reminded me of the kind of crowds you would see in north central West Virginia 20 years ago. And uh, you could just tell the, the buzz in the air, the excitement, that uh, the fans there were there for more than just a game. They were there to rally around a community and, and, and a team. And, and really, you know, when you, when you get down and when you have tough times, you, you find something to rally and get behind. And, and I think that's what the community's done with this basketball team. Not only a talented bunch of team, a bunch of players, but they also play the game so hard with so much passion. If you were just an average fan, you couldn't help but cheer for a team that puts this much effort out, let alone the fact that this community's gone through what they have and to have these boys to get behind. Yeah, it was a special thing. And, and you could tell uh, before tip-off that RCB was not only playing against a very good team, but also an entire community as well. And it was a fantastic atmosphere in the South Hills for that game. And, of course, George Washington's gym is a little compact, to say the least. It's a unique place. It's a unique environment. And uh, it was filled with red and blue on that night. And, Bill, I know for Robert C. Bird, from that perspective, banking in the three, was there maybe a feeling that maybe, you know, Robert C. Bird had a little bit of a, a team of destiny for this night feel because – that that thirty footer at the buzzer to send it to overtime after trailing the entire game nearly got away with the win there. You know, I made the comment there midway through the fourth quarter of play that it just seemed like it, it was one of those nights where you were battling uphill all game long, but you found yourself in a position to to make a move and maybe maybe steal a win because when you look back at that game, the majority of the first. Uh, segment of that game just belonged to Herbert Hoover. They, they jumped out to a good lead. They had a double-digit lead uh, in the uh, third quarter of play. And then Robert Seabird goes to a full-court press. And they get some momentum. They come back. They cut the deficit to two. But you have to understand this uh, Husky defense, a 3-2 zone defense, really stifled the Flying Eagles. Matter of fact, in the fourth quarter alone, guys, you, you can imagine how important a pivotal a fourth quarter is. With 2.37 left on the clock, RCB had just scored one point in that entire fourth quarter play, but it still found themselves right in a position to maybe steal that win. So when Roseboro banks in that, that three-pointer, and he's hit some big shots, guys, all year long. He's, uh, he's been the MVP of the second half of the season. So he banks that thing in. You're thinking to yourself, you know, you, you got a chance here. You're getting an overtime. But the big key for the Flying Eagles at that time was their sophomore point guard, Tanner Kennedy, had fouled out just uh, with seconds to go in the fourth quarter prior to that three-point heave. So without the point guard in the game in that first overtime, a little bit of momentum there, and back and forth the teams go. And, and Bird hits a three to get a lead, and then the Huskies come back with an old-fashioned three-point play. King was a king inside, guys. This six-seven post player, he was a difference maker for this team. He, he was just able to get inside position, had a double-double with, with a game-high 21 points, really was a difference maker for that team. And then down the stretch, you know, you thought you had a chance, but, you know, you got to give credit to a, a team that was determined to win regardless of the outcome. 
And, you know, the, the pressure put on these kids to perform on any given night is one thing. But then when you have a chance to go to the States, as you just mentioned, for the first time in school history, to have that kind of pressure on your back as well as a community, and for those boys to step up and get the job done, kudos to them. They deserve the opportunity to play in Charleston. And, Bill, I, again, we know you come from the Robert C. Bird perspective of things, but at the same time, things are, are sometimes bigger than just where you're from. And that was a situation where on that night, uh, a special night for the folks in northern Kanawha County and, and one that hopefully can be a little cathartic for them as well as uh, so many homes were lost in that flooding. And I know it's just basketball, but, Joe, as we know, and we'll go back to Bill in just a second here, but basketball, high school athletics, nothing brings a community together like the high school and their athletic teams. You know, talking about the floods, those people just want to get back to normal. Uh, even back in football season, the first thing the coach said when I went to interview him when they played over our way, I don't want to talk about the flood. I am doing everything I can as a coach to get these kids and these families back to normal. And, th- and that's their ultimate goal. And, and like you said, Ryan, bringing you know, a basketball program being successful, their football program was successful this year, and that it just helps bring the community even that much tighter. Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. Bill, always a pleasure. This probably will be the last time we get to cross paths this year, but... Another outstanding uh, season of, of Robert C. Bird basketball. I know it came up a little bit short. Good young basketball team, though. A well-coached team and one that I, I think has a bright future. Bill, always a pleasure. Guys, thank you so much, as always, for having me on. I love being part of a special program that you guys put in. Uh, and, you know, week in, week out, it's something that everybody in, in the state can look forward to. And, and uh, thank you so much for having me on. Have a great rest of the show, a great show next week, and a great off season. Look forward to the next basketball season with you guys. Hey, maybe we can run across each other in football season, right? <laughs> I sure hope so. I would love that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Sounds good. That's Bill Nasser, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. Let's go to the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum right now. That is where our normal co-host in studio, but now roaming co-host for the night, Rick Marone, is. Uh, Rick, you just had a chance to see a very good double-A basketball game tonight as Bluefield defeats Winfield in the girls' double-A semifinals to advance the championship Saturday, a game that Bluefield got out front early. Winfield came back, made it a game, but Bluefield pulled out in the end. Yeah, i tell you what, Ryan, uh, just an electric atmosphere up here. i tell you, two top-shelf double-A teams, and as you mentioned, Bluefield came out and delivered kind of a body blow early they got out to a 21 to 7 lead at the end of the first quarter and Winfield seemed out of sorts I think Bluefield's athleticism they're so physical they applied some three-quarter court pressure to Winfield and you know Winfield or Pressfield as they've been called uh, probably not used to that and I tell you Bluefield just a swarming defense but give Winfield credit they battled back I think uh, ZZ Russell for Winfield their great freshman point guard They've been battling something, uh, a little bit of illness. She missed a couple minutes uh, during the game and went to the locker room. She came back out. She played 29 minutes tonight, but really didn't uh, quite seem like herself. But, Ryan, I tell you what, they get the 55-43 win, but a lot of the numbers, uh, you look at rebounds, it was 32 apiece on both sides. Big key at the free throw line. Winston only got to the line six times tonight. They were two of six. Bluefield goes to the line 21 times. They were 10 for 21, but it was a great ball game. And on the Bluefield side, they've got such balance. Autumn Spangler really carried them. 
she had one big uh, three-pointer. She banked in from about 28 feet at the end of one of the quarters. They had 12 points from Jasia Smith and then 10 points from Danny Janatulo. So they've got depth, Ryan. They're very physical. They have some marquee wins this year. They knocked off St. Joe's, of course, Wyoming East. And then uh, they've got a tall pass tomorrow with Fairmont Senior, but it's going to be one versus two up here, and people are really looking forward to it. 2.30 tomorrow afternoon, the Class AA championship game, Bluefield and Fairmont Senior. And uh, Go back to the first game of the evening session tonight. In, in a similar fashion, Huntington kind of got out on South Charleston a little bit early in that one. We hope you'll talk with uh, Coach Lonnie Lucas here in, in a couple of moments, but Huntington got out on South Charleston early. South Charleston battled back. Huntington got in a little bit of foul trouble in the second quarter, and that game came down the stretch, and it kind of had a little bit of a different ending. And what I mean by that is Huntington got the win, and instead of celebrating, they actually went over to uh, Aaliyah Dunham, the star for South Charleston, we're kind of comforting her. It was kind of a, a different type of competitive moment. Yeah, a lot of these kids run uh, relationships over the years, not just on the court. A lot of them play travel ball together, but they develop friendships, and uh, it, it, it was that way. And then also you got two Xavier assignees there with uh, Dunham and Jordan Dawson. But I'll tell you what, a tremendous game. And as you mentioned, Huntington got out, and Jordan Dawson got two fouls. Her second one came right before the end of the first quarter. She sat the entire second quarter, and Huntington – they continued to kind of tread water. They hung in there, but then down the stretch, South Charleston overcame them. Dunham was scoreless in the first half, Ryan. Huntington did a great job on her, and she ended up with just six points, but she really battled and led her team back and took the lead late in the game. But I tell you what, the key play, they went down the floor. Jordan Dawson went up, attempted to shoot a mid-lane jumper when the score was, I think it was a tied score late. She missed it. She went to her knees, kept her dribble alive on the offensive rebound, found her teammate. They scored and kind of got a little bit of a cushion there with a two- or three-point lead, and then they held on down the stretch. It was a great game between two heavyweights, and then the nightcap tonight will figure out who's going to beat Huntington for that state championship game. Willing Park getting set to do battle with Buchanan Upshur tonight. And, Coach Marone, we're going to let you enjoy that game and then get your perspective once it concludes. That sound good? Yeah, I tell you what, enjoying you guys are working me like a dog up here. I tell you what, I thought this was going to be a vacation. I mean, I'm trying to eat some, uh, I'm trying to get the ice cream dots and all the goodies up here, and I don't have time between my Twitter duties and my game stories and my coaches' interviews. My God, I mean, I've got a sweat towel, and I think Bo Anderson is up here wiping me off. Bo just teed you up. Yeah, yeah, Bo, Bo, Bo's still dishing out technical fouls. Oh, well. Hey, what are you going to do about it, right? Hey, uh, Coach Marone, always a pleasure. And, of course, you can see Coach Marone's handiwork at hoops underscore roundup and basketballnight.com. He's been handling the the duties for us up there this evening. We've had a cast of dozens throughout the course of the week. Coach Marone, thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk with you again a little bit later in the show. I appreciate it. A lot of people have been asking, Ryan, if they go to the website, click on the game bracket for the Girls State Tournament. Click on the game you want to see. You get the box score, you get the game story, and all the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff up here. So we appreciate everybody surfing the website with us. Absolutely. Coach Rick Marone, Tulsa Lady Rebels, and BasketballNight.com correspondent. We'll be back with him a little bit later on and in the program. By the way, that, that game is underway now, about a minute and a half in, and uh, Buckhannon Ups are already out to a 6 nothing lead over Wheeling Park. Matter of fact, Wheeling Park took an early timeout. So we'll keep an eye on that one as well. That should be... We expect a great ball game as we go along throughout the evening in the final game of semifinal Friday in the girls' state tournament. When we come back, we'll talk with Corey Hines, head coach of the Fairmont Senior Lady Polar Bears. 
who have been very impressive in Charleston over the course of the past two days and look to get a state championship tomorrow. We'll talk with Coach Hines when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, we've only got six games. We've got five of them and one in progress. Visit basketballnight.com. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, the question was, should sectional championship games within the same region be played at the same time? Well, 80% of you said yes. This week's question, should the requirements for schools to host sectional and regional tournaments be the same for boys and girls? Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page, and you've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. We'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. We appreciate all of the folks that have joined us on Twitter. An amazing group of people. We've got some shout-outs coming up. And there's lots of places that you can watch Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Network West Virginia Statewide on Channel 2. Facebook Live on the RSN Sports Facebook page. If you want to watch us on Periscope, go to Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. We're on Armstrong Channel 204, Comcast Channel 25. And we're live on YouTube tonight at BasketballNight.com. What about those picks? Send us your pictures and we'll feature them in our next stream. Shout out to Alexi Cross, Laura, Taylor S. Oden, and Neil Quinn. They joined the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.22 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Bill Cornwell. Happy to have you along with us on this Friday, March 10th, 2017, semifinal Friday of the Girls' State Tournament. Kind of the calm before the storm for the Boys' State Tournament, which begins Wednesday at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. We'll run down the schedule for that in a couple of moments. But right now, I want to go to Corey Hines, head coach, of the Polar Bears of Fairmont Senior. Those girls will play in the AA state title game tomorrow against Bluefield. And Coach Hines, first off, congratulations on getting your team back to the AA title game. Hey, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Coach, I've got to say, I think your team has been the, the most impressive team thus far. And it's not just the fact that you've won your two games against teams that you're familiar with in Bridgeport and North Marion, but you pick up a 29-point win today against a very good North Marion ball club. Uh, tell me a little bit about how your team was able to pull away from uh, a Husky ball club that, I mean, a lot of people thought would at least stand toe-to-toe with you today. Um, well, it's like I tell people, man. I, I, I got a really good coaching staff, and um, I got guys that are working hard. And I know a lot of times people don't – they don't – 
you know, get the appreciation that, that they deserve. So, you know, watched a lot of film, uh, seen some things that we needed to do differently on the defensive end, um, a few things offensively, and we made the adjustments. And the best thing about it, you know, the girls followed, you know, they followed directions and played their hearts out. So I was very proud of the effort from the coaches and also the players. 23-4 and four record now for your ball club. And really it's been two girls doing the, the bulk of the uh, offensive scoring for, for your ball club. Erica Bowles, 23 points in your 65-41 win over Bridgeport. She also had 24 points in today's win over North Marion. And Anissa Jordan, I apologize if I pronounced it wrong, Anissa Jordan four, uh, had 27 points and 14 rebounds against Bridgeport. And then today, 26 points, 12 rebounds. So a pair of double-doubles in the state tournament for her. Those two have really carried you from the offensive standpoint. Yeah, they, they've done a wonderful job on the offensive end. Um, but a lot of times, a lot of people don't, the people that don't get the credit are some people like that doing a lot of stuff defensively, like, you know, Courtney Wilfong, um, you know, Abby Faulkner, Staller. Like, those guys, those ladies are guarding, you know, some of the best players on the other team, which allows Anissa and Erica to be able to perform on the offensive end. So even though they might not get the accolades in the paper, what they're doing for us, you know, you know, for our staff and as a team, it, it, like, it equals everything out. The only difference is you might not get the ink. But you have to get there and do the, do that dirty work and try to stop those other players from scoring. And if you look at some of the stats of the players from North Marion today, um, a lot of people didn't score a lot of points that was used to scoring those points for North Marion. So that, so, it, and, and then you had, you know, Anissa and Erica that, you know, doing a great job on offensive end, like you guys said. Rebounding has been a key for your ball club as well. When you look at second chance points in the game against Bridgeport, first off, 27 offensive rebounds, which is just a, an eye-popping number, uh, out-rebounded the Indians 47-22 in the first round and had 26 second chance points in that game. Today you out-rebound North Marion 50-38. to You've been able to survive without necessarily shooting the ball excessively well. Yeah, well... Like our motto is still, you know, play good defense, layups are the key. So we feel that if you can play good defense, you're always in the game. And we also tell our shooters, you know, keep shooting because you got people, you know, you got other players hitting those boards. So you can't always get mad at the people that's missing the shot, but you can sit there and talk to the people that's not rebounding. You got to tell your team, hey, you got to give, you know, your teammates second and third, you know, opportunity. So that's the important part. So yeah, we have been able. You know, surviving. We haven't, you know, we like I tell people all the time, we haven't played our best game yet. Um, and hopefully we can do that tomorrow. Tomorrow you take on Bluefield. You just got a chance to watch the Beavers in their victory over Winfield, a game that was kind of uh, a little topsy-turvy. Is that as you can get in that setting, in that environment, uh, a game where Bluefield jumped out early, Winfield fought back, got it down to a four-point game with about five minutes left, and then Bluefield was able to pull away at the end of that ball game and matchups make for great ball games. And how do you see this matchup in terms of style of play um, uh, coming up against the Beavers tomorrow? Well, um, Bluefield has you know great ball movement, and they can shoot the ball. You got to get them off their spots. They're very similar to North Marion in the sense that they have really great shooters, 
and they got uh, really quick guards. So you got to sit there and be able to contain those guards, get them off their spots, don't let them get open looks, play good defense, and box them out, living them to one shot. You can't let them get second and third opportunity because um, that can sit there and hurt you. 14 straight wins for your ball club and now a chance to win a double-A title tomorrow. And I know that a year ago you didn't feel like you played your best game in, in, in terms oh, of – Oh, not at all. Right, yeah. <laughs> not at all. I'll, I'll make that an understatement. <laughs> but uh, There you go. There you go. Yeah. But um, yeah. how – Not at all. You know, you've got an experienced team, so this has to be a chance for – not. Do you try to say, hey, you know, take this as a chance to play better in the title game, or is this just all about this year, win this title, win this game, forget about last year? Well, that, that's what they're all about. Even if we would have won, you know, it still would be the same philosophy. you got to forget about what you did last year, and that's good or bad. Um, right now our focus is tomorrow. I mean, and that's all we can look at. I know um, there's some naysayers and some people in the background that might make comments or say things about that, but it's like I told them earlier, you know, I would rather be in a championship game with an opportunity to win it instead of buying tickets. And fortunately, for the past three years, we haven't had to buy a ticket. So I'm just saying, I, I'm, I think our girls are going to be ready. I know my coaches are working right now. We're trying to game plan, trying to make sure that they're prepared. And I know we won't get overwhelmed by emotion and stuff like that. We know we won't let that happen this year. And um, hopefully, you know, the outcome will be in our favor. Coach Joe Linville, it's uh, 9.30 on the night before the, the, the championship game. What do you do with your team between now and tip-off? Uh, you tell them to make sure they ain't bad. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I mean, you know, right now <laughs> we're about to make sure we're going to check hallways, make sure everybody's in their room and they're getting rest, and um, make sure they have plenty of fluids earlier, you know, make sure they get up for breakfast and, and um, unfortunately, the way the things are set up, you know, you got to get out of your hotel on Saturday. So we're going to make sure that they're packed and ready and everybody doesn't forget anything in their room. But we also want to get them focused and ready, for, you know, for that 2.30 matchup. So, but right now, we're going to make sure that they're in bed. Coaches Bill Cornwell, we talked we talked about your players. Now, what about as a coaching staff? Do you guys uh, – get in the hotel room when you get a chance and start putting some strategy together and, uh, and just talking about what you expect tomorrow with the the uh, the Bluefield Beavers. Yes. like and, and honestly, we've already been doing it. And that's something that, you know, like we make sure our players are in their rooms and they're in bed, but we're probably going to stay up for a few more hours talking <laughs> yeah. about what we have to do. That's part of that process. So, like, we're going to uh, sit and, you know, talk, compare some notes, and then – we're going to try to do what we do well. So we're going to look at some of the things that we do well, some of the things that we need to work on, and we're going to, you know, map that out, and then we're going to go from there. But that's our next few steps, the next couple hours. So, and also we're going to, you know, try to catch some of that Mountaineer, some of the game too. You know, we got to give it up. So we're going to do that also. Fairmont Senior, last one, a. Girls Basketball State Championship in AAA in 1997. They were runner-up the year after that, two straight runners-up, going for a AA title this year. Coach Corey Hines, we wish you the best of luck. And as always, thank you so much for joining us. You're one of our favorite guests, quite frankly. Hey, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it.
All right, it's Corey Hines, head coach of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. They go for a double-A title, their first double-A title, tomorrow at 2.30 against Bluefield. We'll step aside for our second break. When we come back, we'll talk with Fred Sorrow, head coach of the Williamstown Yellow Jackets. Those girls go for a state title at noon tomorrow. That's all in Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Jamie Vest, Princeton Tigers, Cody Jude, Tulsa Rebels, Cheyenne Dunham, Charleston Black Eagles, Marquez McAfee, Oak Glen Golden Bears, Ellis Bud Bryson, Mount View Golden Knights, Reese Nichols, Clay County Panthers, Beta Amani, Charleston Catholic Irish, Seth Meadows, Pikeville Panthers, Emily Sarborn, Trinity Christian Warriors, Chandler Stacy, Spring Valley Timberwolves, Lauren Antelock, East Fairmont Bees, and Doug Workman. Point Pleasant Blacks. What they've all got in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. If you've got somebody remarkable on your team, an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com. Click on the standout athlete of the week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. If you want to nominate your team's athletes, check it out at basketballnight.com. Don't forget to join us online this week's poll. Should the requirements for schools to host sectional and regional tournaments be the same for boys and girls? Oh, yes or no. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and we'll have one more poll question in our last show tonight. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone and ryan epling we know one of the two AAA teams that will meet in the girls state championship game tomorrow night at 7 15 at the charleston civic center coliseum the other semifinal is in action right now between buchanan upshire and willing park bill you have an update on that one yeah just started the second quarter and it's all Buck and it up, sure. The uh, Buck, Bucks are beating a Wheeling Park 21-7. to We'll talk with Fred Sorrow, head coach of the Williamstown Yellow Jackets, in just a moment. I want to go right now to Lonnie Lucas, head coach of the Huntington Highlanders. Huntington picking up a semifinal win earlier this evening over rival South Charleston. Of course, Huntington and the MSAC, a lot of rivals, but nonetheless a 45-41 win. Coach Lucas, first off, congratulations on getting back to the state championship game. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Great ball game today and a game in which your team went out to an early lead and then fell behind with about two minutes left before going on an 8-0 run to finish it. And quite frankly, when you and South Charleston get together, I would expect nothing different. 
Well, that's about right. Um, you know, we play each other. It's real. It's really competitive, and we're all friends. They know each other, and we play real hard, and uh, we're fortunate to win. And that's exactly where I was going with my next one. You've been in basketball and in coaching for a while, 50 years. And after the game, uh, I saw a lot of reaction to how your team handled the victory at the final horn, going and consoling uh, the South Charleston players that were maybe a, a little bit frustrated. And, you know, over the course of, a, of your coaching career, that's probably a little bit of a different reaction to a semifinal win than what most schools would have. Well, uh, it, it's just that these girls are all, they've played together and played against each other for, for years. And actually, they've played since they were, they've played against two of the South Charleston girls since they were in elementary school. And, uh, they're, they're friends and, you know, they hang out together here at the state tournament. And, uh, it's the first time we've ever played them at this level, but we played them all the time. And, uh, and that, but they're, they're friends and off the court, they're friends and get on the court. They, at each other pretty hard, but there's no trash talking, nothing like that. So it makes makes it a good game, really. Lonnie, Bill Cornwell here, and you've had so many uh, quality teams get to this level and get to this championship game. Anything that sets this uh, group of Highlanders uh, maybe a little different than some of your other teams that you've had in championship games? Well, the four seniors that, are, that start have been here for four years. They've been. They've made the state tournament. And first year we got whipped the first game. The second time we got whipped the second game, and then we got beaten the finals last year. So, uh, so they've been here, and uh, it's just a special. It's just a special group. We don't look like much when you don't when you look at us, but when when we dip dip the ball off, and they play pretty well. Coaches, Joe Linville had a, the opportunity to watch you play Spring Mills there in Charleston the other night. Uh, both teams were, you know, little ball control issues. Uh, anything there, was that just first game jitters uh, in the tournament, or is that just, I mean, the yeah, scrappy play? Well, well, it was, it was, uh, it was uh, a little bit of that. They were nervous a little bit, but then because so much is expected of them, the other thing is that, you know, Spring Mills, they had, a, they had a game plan going in, trying to get Jordan frustrated, and right. playing was pretty rough. And, uh, and uh, that, uh, you know, we won out at the end, and you wouldn't have thought that after the first quarter it was going to turn into a 30-point advantage in the fourth quarter. So, but, but it did. Coach, clutch performances are always important uh, this time of year. And sometimes it's not necessarily just your star, such as Jordan Dawson, who had a a big shot that that broke the tie in the, inside the final minute, but it was a jumper from Madison Slash that tied the game at 41. And, and I, I know coaches understand this, but it truly takes everybody to get to this point in the season. Oh yeah, and she's a the Madison's a freshman, and she's just getting better every game. And uh, you know, she didn't start at the beginning of the year. We had an injury, and she had to step up and. And she's and she's done a good job. She did a great job tonight. Uh, uh, that that was a big basket she got, but it was, she did a great job of, of containing Smith in there, and uh, that uh, that was a big role in the game. Head coach Lonnie Lucas of the Huntington Highlanders. Your ball club will take on the winner of the Buchanan Upshur Wheeling Park game going on right now. I know you want to get back to watch that. That game will be at seven fifteen tomorrow night. Yep. Coach, we wish you the best of luck, and thanks so much for joining us. 
Mate, thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. All right, once again, that's Lionel Lucas, head coach of Huntington High School. We go right back to the phone lines. Fred Sorrow is the head coach of the Williamstown Yellow Jackets, the number six seed in class single A, and they're going to play for a title tomorrow at high noon. Coach Sorrow, first off, congratulations on getting back to the single A title game. Thank you very much. This is our third one. We went in 99, and we won it in 2003, and this is our third time there in 2017. And Our girls are very excited, that's for sure. As they should be. I had a chance to watch your team play on that Civic Center floor earlier this year. I was very impressed by uh, your balance in terms of also being able to kind of as you go through the game, you were able to play at a consistent level and consistent pace and kind of wear down uh, the opponent. I saw you play earlier. When I, saw, I actually saw your game with Wayne where you trailed at halftime, ended up pulling away in the second half to a, a good-sized victory in that one. And today, in your victory over Wheeling Central, you were behind by double figures. Uh, at, at some point, or excuse me, you were actually behind by 12 in the second quarter and come back and get the win in this one was that also a case of perhaps wearing down an opponent with your consistent pressure? Well, um, you know, it, the games we played in February at the Civic Center, I think we pressed almost all the time. And, you know, that is kind of been our trademark. And people say, well, you're trying to be like Bob Huggins. No, we actually started this a year before Coach Huggins started doing it. And, and we did it because we were small and because we didn't think that we shot it very well. And we, you know, pressed and ran at every opportunity. And it became something, you know, that kind of became our identity. And what happened was that we, that as we went, as we continued doing this over the last five or six years, um, you know, the kids really like it. It brings about camaraderie. You're playing 10 kids at a time. But today, we had to go out of the press very early because the team we were playing was just, you know, dominant, you know, bringing the ball down the court. And we switched to a half-court defense and into a combination defense and uh, kind of kept, kept them at bay. I think that had a lot to do with it. And the fact that our kids just play so hard and with so much grit and determination, you know, by stopping the bleeding, by running a half-court, a half-court defense, it, uh, it, it, it kind of kept Central, Central at bay, uh, limited their penetration. They were, penetrating, they were penetrating a lot. And it helped us on the boards, too. We didn't give them as many second shots and those second-chance opportunities, and we're able to run out a little bit. Well, Coach, I have to ask. I'm looking at a stat sheet, and I know stat sheets do not always tell the tale of the game. But Wheeling Central attempted 77 shots in that game today. Mm-hmm. They attempted 26 free throws, and they out-rebounded you 56-51, including 26 offensive rebounds, and they had 24 Second chance points. If you would have heard that before the game, would you think you would be playing tomorrow? Uh, I would have thought not. <laughs> to, be, to be honest with you, I mean, it, you know, and numbers don't always tell the story. I tell you what, we've got our kids have tremendous heart, and we got key rebounds, we got key steals. Uh, we we did the things that we needed to do. See, I think what you need to understand about this team is we played a pretty tough schedule around home. The little the little Kanawha conference, the Western Division, has been extremely tough. Uh, you know, Ritchie County, um, Gilmer County, Parkersburg Catholic, uh, you know, Tyler County, and, and I could go at Ravenswood and, and St. Mary's. I could go on and on, and every night's a battle. And we've had and we've had to struggle. 
and sometimes you're down and, and you have to fight to come back, and sometimes you don't make it. But we've had to sold away games with free throws at the end. A lot of it has been done by little Miss Ashley Morris, a little 5-1 senior we have, and she's done an outstanding job. She's a great ball handler, and she makes clutch free throws at the, at the end of games. And that's one of the things that happened today. And we're just used to doing that. We've been through so many close games like that and have had to come from behind. And, you know, being behind is, is, is not a good thing, and maybe it makes you feel kind of disappointed. But if you can deal with it, and, and you know never to quit, then that, that mentality helps carry you through. She also hit six threes and scored 34 points in that win today. Yes, she did. And something I've got to mention, Coach, that I thought, and, and, and I want to go back to the, your, your style of play here, too, in terms of preferring to press. You talked about having a smaller team before when you started this style of play. You talked about 5-1 Ashley Morris. Outside of her, though, you've got some length in, in your ball yes, club this year. And do you think that perhaps that style of play is, is kind of, you know, by continuing it, you're really also taking advantage of the skill sets of this year's ball club? Yes. I think what you have to understand about our team is, you know, being, being a Class A school, we have a lot of three-sport athletes. And our kids love to rotate from one season to another, like from volleyball to basketball, then maybe into softball or track, and, and some of them from soccer into, in, into basketball. And they like basketball, but some of them, you know, other sports might be their preference. But they are extremely, you know, fierce competitors. And that's the thing. You know, I, I had a college coach tell me one time that, you know, he wished his kids played more basketball, you know, rather than play all these other sports. And I said, not me. I said, I would rather see them, you know, have that competitive spirit and be competing all year rather than just practicing for you know, practicing their skill sets. They need to practice their skill sets, yes, but they also need that competitive nature all you know a lot of the time. And these kids are competitors, you know. And and you might find another kid that is a that is a maybe better basketball player, but as a group, these guys will fight you tooth and nail. And we play ten of them, and and that and that helps a lot. Six seniors. And they're they're just wonderful to work with. I guarantee you that. Well, Coach, uh, before we let you go, we have to talk about your game tomorrow. State championship game Saturday or tomorrow at oh, noon, wow. St. Joe. <laughs> oh uh, wow! Yeah, they, they, they've oh, been there yeah. a few times before. Oh, you were the kid, and you know, I mean, we can't even you know sit down and enjoy and savor the flavor of, of the fact that we beat the number three and number two seed in 48 hours, and their, and their combined record was 47-4. and four. And when we would have a chance to even enjoy that. we got to move on to the next, you know, to the next phase. And really, I mean, St. Joe's is probably the, the tournament favorite, even though they were the five seed. And, and, and the reason for that is because, you know, the, the outstanding schedule they played. They got the five seed because of their record. And, you know, their record was just barely over 500. But look at who they played. They are battle-tested. They're battle-tested the whole way. Now, our girls are not going to be afraid of them. I'm going to tell you that right now. They'll play them hard all the way. And, you know, we've, we've got a plan, and, and we're going to try to implement it tomorrow. And, uh, you know, it's, you know we, you, always, you have to respect your opponent and fear, and fear none. Coach Fred Sorrow of the Williamstown Yellow Jackets. His girls take on St. Joe in the Class Single-A title game tomorrow at noon at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. Coach, get a good night's sleep. It's an early start tomorrow. (laughs) 
Okay, well, I, I have more film to watch. I'll see you later. <laughs> All right. That's again, Coach Sorrow of uh, Williamstown. We'll step aside, take our third break. When we come back, we'll talk with the head coach of the St. Joe Lady Irish, the Fighting Irish, Shannon Lewis. His team getting ready to take on Williamstown tomorrow. We'll do that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you... The Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And we want to thank Mrs. McPee. Just joined us, math teacher at HHS. Thanks for joining us. Samantha Coleman also joined us tonight. Lisa Smith, Camden Bowen, Hunter Fletcher, Kinsey, Lexi Cross, Laurel, also Virginia Mounts, Morgan Brown, Emily Grog, Chris Bailey. Our Twitter account has gone crazy this week, and of course it's all about state tournaments. Big thank you to Cassandra Hope Davis, Savannah Hayes, Aaron Butterfield, Austin Keeney, Calvin Britley, Ellen K. Marketing, and Jesse Stevenson. You are listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia scoreboard. High school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, and Joe Linville with you as we roll along on this semifinal. Yes, yeah, semifinal <laughs> Friday, the night. The, the, the week before the final show, which is semifinal for the boys next week, we'll get the boys' state tournament rundown in just a moment. We'll also talk with Shannon Lewis, head coach of the St. Joe Irish girls basketball team, in just a second. But, Billy C., we want to give you an update or give you a chance to give an update on the girls' AAA semifinal in action right now. And we have a game now. We reached yeah. halftime, and uh, Buchanan Upshur leads Wheeling Park 26 to 20. But, uh, Wheeling Park has been on a roll. Matter of fact, Buchanan Upshur did not score in the last two minutes and 15 seconds of the second quarter. So we do have a game, 26-20 Buchanan Upshur over Wheeling Park with 16 minutes of basketball to go. Winner of that one takes on Huntington tomorrow at 7-15 in the AAA title game. Tomorrow at noon, 
the single A championship game. We just heard from Williamstown coach Fred Sorrow. We're joined now by St. Joe coach Shannon Lewis and Coach Lewis. First off, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Familiar location for you on a Friday night here before the championship game as your ball club prepares to play in the single-A championship game as it has every year now since 2008. And while that's true, this particular ball club only has a handful of girls who have been through this experience before. And how do you kind of give your experience to them and also let some of your more experienced players help them with the experience of preparing for a title game? Well, I mean, we do have a good mix of some veterans and, and, and several new kids out on the floor. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're battle-tested. And, um, you know, the championship game will be, you know, Williamstown's a very good ball club. And, um, you know, we're going to have to play well. And it's just a matter of, you know, being focused, which I thought we were much much better today than, than we were the, day, the, the Wednesday. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, going to be a tough one tomorrow and we're going to have to you know play well coach your ball club fell behind summers county five nothing just right out of the gate today before coming back and just storming back and winning that game 79 59 and that was a ball game your team shot 57 percent from the floor for the game and that's one day after shooting just under 30 percent and a 55-47 win over Gilmer County. I know you were able to force some more turnovers in this game today and uh, get some runouts that way, but really balanced offensively. Uh, you've got an arsenal, and your weaponry was really uh, effective today. Well, yeah, we were very balanced today. We, we went inside early. Uh, you know, Obviously, they didn't have a 6-4 kid like, like Gilmer County had, and, and that causes a lot of problems. It doesn't give you easy shots, but we went to Taisha early, and and she got us going, and, and when she gets going, it, it frees up. They got to help on her a little bit, and it frees up the other ones, uh, my other guards who, who you know are very skilled. So, so it allowed us to to, to be more efficient offensively today. We, we didn't, neither team took a lot of threes today, and and we we went zone on them, and I thought that neutralized them a little bit. So, um, like I said, it, it, we we're very efficient on offense today. Coach Joe Linville, uh, let's just talk a little bit about this start time. It's a noon game. Uh, you played your first round game Wednesday night, the late game at 9 o'clock. You played today at 1, and then you come out at noon in the opener tomorrow. Any thoughts uh, on that? Well, you know, I worry about uh, some of our, you know, Taisha and some of them, but, you know, most of the time the guards are, are going to be efficient. We do shoot a lot of long shots, and, and Williamstown will, will shoot some long shots too, and obviously – when you've been in the third third game of, you know, we didn't have a day off, but the third game of the tournament, you know, you got you got to keep your legs a little bit and get your legs in your shot. So, so that is a concern, and and but, you know, I think it's going to be a concern for both teams. Coach Summers County is a team that likes to pressure. Your team handled that pressure today. Williamstown likes to pressure. What's the difference between those two? Well. Uh, Williamstown really gets up and down the floor. I mean, they like to push. We, we were we played them twice last year, and uh, we played them in regional finals uh, last year. And, and um, you know, we, we are a little familiar with, with, with what they do. So, um, you know, Summers County didn't press early, but you know, they got into it. And, you know, I, I know you know Williamstown may do some of the same thing. They may not press early. They may press early, but you know, we, we do have very skilled guards. So, 
so we you know we hope to handle their pressure and and you know if they want to run we're, we're probably going to run too and and set up just like they are you know mix things up a little bit shannon bill cornwell here and uh once again uh we talked about this before you're scheduling you're uh wanting to play best teams you can out there uh, no matter where Seems like it's paid off again because it really has battle-hardened your club once again. Well, it is. I mean, you know, it's hard to schedule with our team. And, um, you know, I like to play tough competition and to test our kids. And, um, you know, when you get up here and whether you see the 6-4 player, we've played them before, or, you know, you see quick guards, uh, you know, we've seen them before. So, you know, pretty much anything that somebody throws at us, we've seen before. So, you know, and that's what that's what these kids need, and um, you know, it, it really helps out. Coach Shannon Lewis of the St. Joe Irish in their tenth consecutive Class Single A title game. After having the streak of seven straight wins broken last year, they'll try to start another streak with a game tomorrow, single A title game at noon against Williamstown. Coach Lewis, thanks again for joining us. Congratulations for making that trip to uh, Charleston to championship saturday once again thank you thank you very much all right again that's shannon lewis head coach of st joe 10 straight class a title game appearances they just keep on coming a a plethora of uh opportunities there for uh that program over the years and joe yes private schools model their consistency (laughs) a little bit different than public schools can but you can't take away from the fact that talented kids that do successful things in high school. You know, they St. Joe's had a very successful program, just first of all, but you're right, and that, that draws classic good basketball players to programs like that. They are a magnet for talent. Yeah. One hour is already in the books. This is the fastest three hours in radio, guys, and it lives up to its billing. When we come back, hour two, we'll break down the double A, single A, and triple A Boys State Tournament. And we'll also continue to keep an eye on that girls' semifinal by Cannon Upshur and Willing Park. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our radio affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including the all-new 92.5 FM WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 94 Rock, WRLF, Vermont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP in Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP in Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP in Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP in Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburg, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.7 FM, WHFI in Linside, 95 The Sports Fox, WBS in Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFGH 4K, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3, Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley, 
101.7 FM, WYPLPN Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL, in Huntington. You can watch us on Network West Virginia Channel 2 statewide, Facebook Live on the RSN Sports Facebook page, Periscope, Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, Armstrong, Channel 204, YouTube, go to basketballnight.com and click on Watch Now, Comcast, Channel 25. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. It's 10 o'clock on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Hour two of the program. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell is with us. Joe Linville with us as well. Dylan Stone joins us now as we introduce you to this week's standout athlete of the week. And Dylan, tonight, it's a girl whose high school career came to a close a little bit earlier this week, earlier than what she would have liked. But for Kylie Schuff at Gilmer County High School, still a very successful high school career. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, uh, Gilmer County won the Class A championship last season and, uh, you know, obviously hope to be able to, to go back-to-back this year, but uh, still a very good uh, very good season this season. Only had four losses all, all year long and uh, just kind of ran into to a buzzsaw there. You just talked to the head coach there of St. Joe's and uh, unfortunately for Kylie and for, uh, for Gilmer County, did come to a, an early end, but nonetheless a great career and a great season. And that will continue at Concord and with a familiar face as well. Yep, it uh, it will. It, her teammate Riley Fitzwater, uh, teammate at Gilmer County, also signed to to go play Concord. So uh, I talked to uh, both uh, Kylie's head coach and, and father, and both both of those said that uh, they think it will be beneficial for Kylie and Riley to uh, be able to continue playing with each other for the next four years. Yeah, there's a running kind of uh, it, it, it's a cliche, but I'll use it anyway. That the best ability is availability, and part of that is being in attendance and participating in each practice along the way and every chance to get better as possible. And that's also, uh, when there was a practice in Gilmer County, Kylie Shuff was there her entire career. Absolutely. The last four years, she uh, has never missed a practice, never missed a game, has started every game since she was a freshman and uh, even even through uh, through some nagging injuries and some illnesses, um, she's she's been there for every practice and it certainly has paid off for her as uh, she's become one of the better players in that area of the state last week they won the regional title to get to the state tournament and after the game there was a moment that i think a lot of folks in glenville will remember yeah definitely it, kylie took it upon herself after the game to uh, she had a, a poster made up that was basically a a, a prom invitation to a, a a special needs kid there from gilmer county and his name is uh, is peyton robertson uh, that was something that kind of got a lot of recognition on social media but as i was talking to her dad he said it she definitely didn't do it for that recognition she in fact he said she did it because one of the reasons is because he likes to dance and she likes to dance so she knew that it would be a good time at prom and dylan now has more with our standout athlete of the week kylie shuff of gilmer county high school 
Kylie Schuff is a hardworking girl from a small town in Gilmer County, West Virginia, who has combined her natural athletic ability with a fierce determination to succeed and the basketball knowledge passed down from her basketball coach of a father to become a sensation for the Titans and in her community. It is for these reasons Kylie is this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. Kylie's father, Gilmer County boys coach Steve Schuff, says his daughter benefited from playing against her twin brother and other boys as she was growing up. We had a basketball goal right here in our front driveway, and them two played one-on-one growing up, up until the point that they would fight each other all the time, obviously, when one of them would lose. But I do think that's where that competitive edge came from. And the other side of that, I think, from a toughness standpoint, she's a tough kid. And I do truly believe that playing against her brother and other guys went a long way in developing that. Kylie, who was forced to play more of a ball-handling role this season for the Titans, took the change in stride. And as her head coach, Amy Chapman, says, Kylie's willingness to do whatever is necessary stems from her intense desire to win. Well, I think with Kylie, the most important thing to her is winning, and she'll do whatever it takes to win. And I think that's a great characteristic in any player. Steve Schuff says he believes growing up as the daughter of a coach helped Kylie understand the game and learn the proper way to play. You hear that cliche all the time about being a coach's kid. And her and her twin brother basically didn't have a choice. They were going to be raised in the gymnasium, and they were here watching Dad break game film down until 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So I, I do think that played a part in it. If you're around the game all the time, they're going to pick up good habits. The senior has received a scholarship to continue her basketball career at Concord University, and Coach Chapman says Kylie deserves it after the hard work she put in during her four years at Gilmer County. I think with Kylie, she just loves basketball so much, and she doesn't want it to be over in high school, and she wants to move on to the next level. She worked her butt off to get that opportunity, and she's a very driven individual, and we're real happy for her, and we're glad that she gets to have that opportunity, and I think that Concord's very lucky to have her, and... They'll do some nice things with Kylie when she gets there. Off the court, Kylie also excels, and her father says in addition to her good work in the classroom, she has a big heart. She's a 3.5 student and does some good things off the court, never in trouble. Very good kid, very big-hearted young lady. Coach Chapman says Kylie owes much of her success to her basketball IQ and her guile. I think she's got the basketball knowledge, and that's definitely her number one trait that's really going to push her through to the next level is that she knows the game very well. And I think her number two trait is that she's crafty, and if she just keeps working on her craft and developing new individual moves to free her up some, I think she's going to be a heck of a college basketball player. With all she has achieved at Gilmer County, Kylie has become a role model for younger girls in the area, and her father says she has not shied away from that responsibility. She does a great job simply from the standpoint of being a kid that the younger generation looks up to. And they look up to her like she's Skylar Diggins, one of those girls. Around here, those girls are goddesses. She goes above and beyond to make sure that she takes time out for those kids to help them with their game and things of that nature. And she's just a good girl. She's an ordinary kid, but when you're in small-town America and, and you've won a state championship and accomplish some of the things that she's got to accomplish. She's a kind of a star around here. As her senior year winds down, Kylie Schuff is closing the book on what has been a very impressive high school career. A Class A state championship from a year ago, first-team All-State honors, and a notable academic profile will certainly leave a lasting impression. But the remarkable girl from Gilmer County is preparing to write a new chapter as she readies for graduation and to continue her career at the collegiate level. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Dylan Stone.
Thank you very much, Dylan. And a quick score update at the half of the girls' class AAA state championship game. It is 26-20, and actually, it just actually now, just started the second half. We're right? now in the third quarter, and actually we're about halfway through the third quarter, and uh, the Cannon Ups are now up nine over Wheeling Park, 31-22. Keeping an eye on that one all night. The game that preceded that was a victory for the Bluefield Beavers over Winfield. So Bluefield will play in the girls' class AA title game. Tony Malamachi is the head coach of the Beavers. He joins us now on the program. And Coach Malamachi, first off, congratulations on reaching championship Saturday in Charleston. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, and, and we apologize here. We seem to have a little bit of a phone line issue with you. We'll ask you one more question. If it doesn't clear up, we'll we'll try to work on it. But uh, today against okay. Winfield, a team that likes to press, a team that you got out to a quick start on, things got a little bit tight down the fourth quarter, but down the stretch, your team able to pull away and pick up the victory. Yeah, they, I think they figured out uh, a lot. And, and Coach, uh, I apologize uh, we're going to have to put you back on hold because that, that phone quality, we're going to work on it. Our folks behind the scenes do a fantastic job. And uh, but Joe Linville, Bluefield, um, so very good over the course of the season. And 22-2 and two record after their quarterfinal round win, now 23-2. and two. And we'll talk with Coach Malmachi with this in a moment, hopefully, as, uh, again, we're working to get that phone line situation worked out. But um, the Riverview game in particular in the quarterfinals, that was a rematch of the sectional championship game. That was a 30-plus point sectional championship game victory. It was a much different game in the quarterfinals in Charleston. Right. It was only a 12-point game. And, and speaking of Bluefield, they were your number one seed, and that's where you want to be coming into a tournament like this. So, and right now, let's go back to Coach Malamachi. Let's see if we got that worked Grimly. out. <laughs> Coach Malamachi, you with us? Yes, sir. I think, can you hear me now? There we go. Yeah. Much better. Yes, and that, that guy <laughs> okay. actually went to a different company. That's another story. Anyway, but, uh, Coach, uh, again, congratulations on getting the Beavers to uh, Charleston and then getting them to championship Saturday. And uh, tell me a little bit about how your team was able to hold off Winfield down the stretch. The Generals made a, a, a big rally in that ball game after your team put them behind early, but um, it was a four-point game inside the final five minutes, and your team able to, to stretch it out at the end and pick up the victory. Yeah, we started out pretty well. Our press was turning them over, and then they started to uh, you know, find some holes in it, so we switched uh, with a little bit of man, went a little bit of 2-3, and then in the fourth quarter, we decided to bring the press back on. And then uh, when we did that, uh, we, we caught them a little bit off guard and started turning them over again. And then we uh, we made some big plays. We had some kids hit some big shots. Uh, Lester hit a big shot. Spangler hit a big shot. Gia played real well. Um, Danny played real well. Uh, Smith, she was the floor general. She played her usual floor game. So uh, everybody, everybody stepped up and played a real good game. And uh, Coach Lester's defense, that 2-2-1 press, uh, he put in early in the year. It's, it's been our bread and butter. So we always, we, we normally try to start out in that, and then uh, we came back to it in the in the fourth quarter, and it, uh, it uh, turned the game back in our favor. We was able to pull away a little bit. We hit more free throws, especially one and ones. It, you know, we could have you know, stretched that out just a little bit more. Well, coach, 
Bluefield has such a rich basketball tradition in boys' basketball, a rich tradition in football, a growing soccer program as well. This is the first time, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong on this, the first time that the Beavers have been in a girls' state championship game. Is, is this, uh, this is kind of uncharted waters for your program? In, in, the, in the modern history, as far as basketball, I think 1920-something when it was the old game with three you know, three on offense, three on defense. But in <laughs> modern history, it's the first. And I think we've had some tennis teams maybe yeah. uh, win a couple. But as far as the you know, traditional team sport, I think it's the first, first time. Yeah, 21 and 22, Bluefield lost to Wheeling. I think the, I don't think they cut the bottom out of the peach basket at that point, though. So things are a little bit different. But uh, a little bit different, yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, Coach, to, um, I want to back up to the Riverview game because that's a team that you beat soundly in the sectional, and, and we talked about it before uh, before this game when we spoke last week. That you know that doesn't mean anything when you get to Charleston. Different atmosphere different surroundings and you were in a dog fight in the fourth quarter and your girls pulled away in that one to get the victory as well but that game i think shows exactly how much different things are when you get to charleston it is and we had uh it surprised me that we had some nerves we had three starters from um, that team that made it two years ago and and we we, we had beat them so easily in the sectional I guess we just took them lightly, and I think they kind of sandbagged a little bit, truthfully, in the sectional. I think they kind of uh, trying to set a trap for us, but it didn't work. And so, um, you know, and uh, it was a tough game. They shot the ball well, and um, so we just we moved on. Hey, Survive and Advance is the name of the game this time of year, and now you take on a Fairmont Senior Ball Club that is making its third consecutive AA state championship game appearance. They lost the last two. I know they're hungry enough as is. Uh, I got to think that uh, they want to wipe the bad taste of the last two years out of their mouths a little bit too. Uh, does the experience factor of getting to championship Saturday worry you tomorrow? A little bit. They're, they're a very good team as it is. And then and having that taste in their mouth, I'm sure they're very focused and want to win as we do. This is a, the most fo- – I've been coaching close to 30 years. This is the most focused team that we have had it's definitely the best bunch of kids and a group of kids and group of coaches that, that we have had since I've been coaching. So uh and we're and we're ready to play and I think it's gonna be a great game. Are you having fun yet? <laughs> well I haven't had time yet. <laughs> <laughs> Coach uh this is Joe Lumble, you had to come through a a county basically that is re- very rich history in, in girls basketball through Wyoming County to get to where you're at but you did it very soundly your thoughts on that yeah um, Wyoming East had, had a very good team and uh, but uh, we knew if we played our game and did what we always do we knew we'd be okay in that one uh, we knew they'd give us a tough game but uh, we our kids shared the ball played on, uh, very disciplined and very unselfish and when we, when we do that we're very hard to beat uh, once again, your ball club playing against Fairmont Senior tomorrow in the AA State Championship game. Yeah, Coach, uh, Bill Cornwell here. Talk a little bit about uh, about the Polar Bears. Uh, uh, looks like you and them, a great matchup of very quick athletic teams. Yeah, both of us like to pressure the ball, yeah. get up and down the court. 
It's, a, it's, it's almost mirror images of each other. So I think it's going to be a, a high tempo, high pace, and probably a very high scoring game. Should be a lot of fun tomorrow when Bluefield and Fairmont Senior play for the girls' double-A state championship. That game will take place at 2.30, Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. Coach Tony Malamachi of the Bluefield Beavers, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We wish you the best of luck tomorrow. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Again, it's Tony Malamachi. And, and guys, sometimes you get up there and, and, and you know, I, I, I can't say it from experience, obviously, but I've been around collegiate teams in conference tournaments in the past, and I know that when they're in the moment, they don't get to enjoy it, but when they look back, they enjoy the memories, and sometimes you just have to kind of take a step back and realize what you're in the midst of. Everything's on such a tight schedule. I mean, you know, just game after game after game. Uh, you've got, you know, you've got to eat in there in between. You've got to get start getting ready for your next ball game, and it, you know, and these are student athletes. These are high school kids, and they just, like you said, they may not get to soak it in at that point, but once it's all over and, and the reflection back on it, it's something they'll remember the rest of their lives. If they take it seriously, it's a business trip. You know, a lot, a lot of them, especially the young ladies, they like to be going over to the town center and checking out the latest fashions for spring, but no, it's a business trip, and you're there to uh, win a championship, and uh, the ones that take it seriously and have that mindset are the ones who do best. We'll step aside now, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Kevin Hatfield, head coach of the Mingo Central Miners, who will be heading to Charleston for the Boys State Tournament next week. We'll run down the, the boys' schedule, and we'll get you an update on that Buchanan Upshur Wheeling Park Girls AAA semifinal on this semifinal Friday edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. What about those picks? Get your pictures featured on our video stream. Of course, you can watch our video stream on Network West Virginia Channel 2 Statewide. Facebook Live on the RSN Sports Facebook page. You can also watch on Periscope. Go to at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Armstrong Channel 204. We're also on Comcast Channel 25 and YouTube Live tonight. Go to basketballnight.com to watch us on YouTube. Send your pictures in. There's a variety of ways you can get them to us. You can uh, send them to RSN Sports at the RSN Sports Facebook page. You can send them to us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup and also on the RSN Sports Instagram page. Thanks to everyone who has sent pictures in for us to feature. I think there's like 250 or so tonight. Thank you very much for that. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And we want to welcome our newest follower tonight, Gunnar Thompson and Bree Brown. Grayson Malashevich from Spring Valley High School joined us. Mrs. McPee, Samantha Coleman, Lisa Smith, Camden Brown. Also Aaron Butterfield, Austin Keenley, Calvin Britley, Morgan Carnell, Zach Ryan, 
Melissa Jackson, Associate Head Coach of the University of Akron. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10-19 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville with you. And Bill, a quick update on the girls' AAA semifinal. Well, Buchanan Upshur, after three quarters, uh, has pulled out to a big... Big lead, 39-24. They lead Wheeling Park uh, a 13-4 quarter in the third quarter for Buchanan Upshur. So they're in pretty good shape, 15 points up, eight minutes to play. Winner plays Huntington in the AAA championship game tomorrow. A quick rundown of the boys' AA state tournament that is set for next week as the top seed is Fairmont Senior. They'll play number eight seed Herbert Hoover. The Huskies making their first appearance in school history in the state tournament. The number four seed is Philip Barber. They'll take on number five seed Mingo Central. That game is at nine o'clock Wednesday night. That Fairmont Senior, excuse me, Thursday night. Uh, that Fairmont Senior Herbert Hoover game at five thirty Thursday evening. The morning session on. Thursday morning has number three Chapmanville Regional against number six Wyoming East at 9.30 and then at 1 o'clock Thursday afternoon, number two Bluefield and number seven Lincoln. We mentioned Mingo Central is the number five seed. The Miners went to Polka and ended the Dots four-year home winning streak in the AA Regional and Kevin Hatfield is the head coach of the Miners. He joins us on the program now and Coach Hatfield, congratulations on getting Mingo Central back to the AA Boys State Tournament. I really appreciate it, guys. Very impressive win. No one goes to the Dot Dome and beats <laughs> Polka. That hasn't been the case in four years. Uh, how was your and your team came from behind to do so? How were you able to fight through a little bit of uh, you know an early kind of a. a a punch to the gut, so to speak, when they came out and, and, and got out to an early lead, but your ball club kind of played steady, came back, and won that ball game. Well, you know, our guys, um, they've really come out and played hard. Uh, we were really focused defensively as far as, you know, trying to force a few more turnovers than we had before the previous two times we played. Um, you know, we got down at halftime, I think it was 28 21, I think what it was. Um, they had a technical shot, scored off of it. But, you know, we went into the halftime. You know, our guys were calm. I think they, they were still confident. And, um, you know, we just kept focusing on We had talked about purpose and mission and what our mission and purpose of this team was. And, you know, they just came out and really picked it up and, you know, just played well the whole you know, entire second half. Coach, uh, first of all, to get into that situation, you faced a very tough opponent that you'd uh, already seen a couple times uh, in Chapmanville, and everyone was just expecting a, a blockbuster basketball game in Logan, uh, but that didn't happen. Your thoughts? Uh, well, I appreciate you bringing up that butt kicking there, uh, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> But, I didn't uh, say that. <laughs> no, it, it did. Well, I'll say it because that's exactly what it was. But, um, no, I mean, I knew, I thought it would be a good game. 
I really did. You know, the prior two were double overtime and overtime. We both won on each other's floors. But, you know, I have to give Chapville credit. I mean, they really come out. That's as good as I've seen them play. Um, you know, we didn't play very well. Uh, we let, the, you know, their full-court pressure hurt us a little bit, uh, turned the ball over a lot more than we're accustomed to. But I think it had a lot to do with Chapmanville. I just think they really come out and played, and our guys just weren't focused the way they needed to be. Also, I understand Dylan may have been a little under the weather as well. Well, you know... I don't, I mean, yeah, he didn't feel good. We'll say that. But, you know, that is what it is. Everybody's dealing with either injuries or being sick. But, yeah, he had had the flu. But, um, you know, it is what it is. You either play or you don't. Like I told them, they weren't going to cancel the game and move it because, you know, Jeremy didn't feel good. So, you know, we went out with what we had and gave it what we had. But the good thing was we, you know, we had another chance you know, to still get to the state tournament. Yeah, what did, what did you do with your team over those, you know, three or four days you had to turn around and get ready to go to Polka and, uh, like Ryan said, play in a very tough environment? And you knew it was going to be a very tough task uh, to come back. Basically, you're down a game, I mean, to come back and then to pull off this victory. What did you do to get the team ready for that game? Well, I think once – you know, the Chapmanville game had ended. You know, it was a good wake-up call for these guys. And I'm not one of these guys that say losing's good or you learn from losing. I always say that's what losers say. But, you know, I thought the guys really came in focused. I mean, we had a great practice, you know, after that. Uh, not as good a practice the day right before the poker game. But before we got on the bus, you know, I read some things from a athlete's Bible that I have we talked about mission and purpose in life. We talked about mission and purpose, you know, as our team, you know, what we were there for. And that, you know, 18 and 5 is great, but it doesn't mean anything if we don't do something with it. And, it, and I really felt, as, you know, if we didn't get to the state tournament, even though we had had a successful year from a standpoint of record, that, you know, it just wouldn't mean anything, you know. So I really think our guys bought into it, and they really made it their mission to go there to Polka and you know to win that ball game. Coach, I know with uh, Jeremy Dillon joining the ball club after having started out at, at Tug Valley High School, so he had experience in getting to Charleston. Um, your, your son played in, in at an age in Kentucky where, quite frankly, you know you you don't have eligibility to play high school ball in West Virginia before ninth grade. So you had two players back though who played on a team that won two games a year ago. How has it been with them learning how to win and being in these tight ball games? Because that's something you have you can't teach it with unless you're in it. No, you're 100% correct. Um, you know, four of my top, well, actually, seven of my top nine were on that 2-21 and 21 team last year. And... Um, you know, it was more of a problem the first half of the year. You know, we lost at Tug Valley. We lost at Winfield. Um, I felt as if, you know, those guys, it was like it was almost okay, you know, to lose or that, you know, hey, if we win, it's great. Hey, we lost, you know, that it didn't mean enough to them. And as this year has progressed, um, they've really done a good job of buying in to what we're selling, you know, to the system that we're trying to run. And, you know, and Jeremy and Drew, you know, have, have kind of helped with that, you know, being successful. Um, 
you know, winning at football, you know, did give the guys some success. But, you know, sometimes it's tough to get that old culture out. You know, Alan Osborne from Polka told me, hey, you know, it's fine and dandy to put your culture in, but actually sometimes it takes graduation to get it out. But fortunately for us, you know, it hasn't taken that. But these guys have really bought in, and, and we're looking forward to the tournament. Your ball club will play a, a team that, you know, I don't know how familiar you directly are with Philip Barber, but a ball club that, from a program standpoint, not a traditional team that makes it to Charleston each and every year. They do occasionally. They have a win over Winfield. Um, they have an eight-point loss to Fairmont Senior. Uh, you know, good ball club. What do you know about the Philip Barber Colts? Well, I'm actually getting pretty familiar. I've uh, got about seven films. That, that's what I'm actually doing. I turned it off to call you guys. But, you know, they got Ashton Upton. He's their, uh, that's number one, he's their point guard, left-handed kid. Uh, he's averaging about 18 a game. You know, he's a good player. You know, actually, their entire starting five are averaging in double figures. The team's averaging 83 points a game. So, you know, you put up 83 points a game, you're doing something right. Um, they got the Shriver kid that you know, I think he made 87 three-pointers this year, led the conference. Uh, they got, you know, they're not real big, but their guys play big. They hit the boards, you know, they're tough, got a little meanness to them. I mean, it's going to be a tough challenge for us. You know, like I say, you're 21-3, and three, you're doing something right. So, you know, I'm a little into the film work, got a lot more to do. I'm going to stay up late tonight and try to get a little more done for practice tomorrow. But we're looking at uh, a tough matchup and a good game. Coach, before we let you get back to the film, uh, and, and look, I know that there, you can say it in, in terms of coach speak, so to speak, that, hey, it's a wide-open tournament. I truly feel that while Fairmont Senior and Bluefield are, are deserving of being one and two, uh, Chapmanville could have been right in there. Philip Barber could have been right in there the way they've played the second half of the season. You could have been right in there the way you've played. I, there are a lot of teams that can win this thing. Oh, I totally agree. Um, you know, of course, I'm more familiar with Chapmanville. I would put Chapmanville up against anybody. I just would. The way they're playing right now, they've got a really good chance to make some noise. But, again, you know, there's quite a few teams that, um, you know, can win this thing. You know, we're hoping that, you know, with our schedule and playing in the Cardinal Conference that, you know, that's prepared us well for this. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if anybody in the top, you know, six, seven, you know, won this thing. Coach, I've said it from the beginning of the season, Region 4, Section 2 is a very tough section. And between you guys and Chapmanville, you've you've proved that. Well, I'll be honest with you, Joe. You know, I was figuring it up today. If we were able to win the state championship – we would have beaten number 10, or we would have played or beaten beaten number 10, number 1, number 2, number 3, number 4, and number 5 in the state just to win a state championship, including your section, region, and your three games in the state tournament. So we should be well prepared for whatever we're facing. Tug Valley won the last state championship for a Mingo County school, but the last feeder school into Mingo Central to win a state championship in boys basketball was Williamson in 2001. Mingo Central will try to do it in Class AA this year. It starts off on Thursday against uh, Philip Barber in the 9 o'clock nightcap. Coach Kevin Hatfield of the Mingo Central Miners, congratulations on making it to Charleston. Best wishes next week. 
Guys, I really appreciate it. Thanks. All right, once again, that's Kevin Hatfield, head coach of Mingo Central, as they went to Polka and beat the Dots and Bill Cornwell. I think nothing more needs to be said about a team's worthiness of getting yeah, to Charleston. exactly. And, of course, uh, they get the chance to uphold the honor of Mingo County because in the past we're used to seeing Tug Valley down there. And Tug Valley has made repeated appearances in double A and single A not this year and so it's uh, the miners chance to kind of hold the honor of a basketball crazy county in Mingo County yeah. well, Tug Valley faced a very tough Ravenswood team to get knocked yeah uh, knocked out of that chance so. yeah they went into the pit not many teams come out of the pit with a lot of success. And, and they didn't. And they didn't either. And that was a, a, you know, a very, very difficult uh, contest for them. We'll break down the class single-A state tournament field for boys basketball. And we'll also go through the triple-A schedule as well. And we'll also keep an update as they're getting closer to the end of that triple-A girls semifinal, at least on the clock. About three minutes left, but... Uh... This one is well in hand for Buckhannon Upshur. It's a 46-27 lead for uh, Buckhannon Upshur. Wheeling Park has scored seven points in the entire second half. So the Buccaneers looking like they will make it to the championship game tomorrow night against Huntington. But we'll, Again, we'll continue to keep an eye on that one. And all that and much more. We're halfway through this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. How about a chance to graduate from college not only with a diploma, but also prepared to thrive in an exciting, growing field. The Marshall University Sports Journalism Program might just be for you. The expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and the continued thirst for local sports coverage make sports journalism a growth industry with jobs waiting for those who earn this degree. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, coupled with Marshall University Sports Journalism Training, will equip you to be a success in a multi-billion dollar global industry. So bring your abilities and the desire to be the eyes, ears, and life of the game to our Huntington campus to learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd. We'll teach you how to go beyond the scores and statistics to tell compelling stories and accurately report breaking news across multiple media platforms. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Join us tonight on Twitter. A shout-out to our newest follower tonight, Courtney. At Broyhill underscore 98, hello, Courtney. And Luke Frazier just joined us tonight. At Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. That's where we are. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. There's no better place to be.
celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10.34, now 10.35 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville. Happy to have you along here from the studios of WMUL in Huntington, West Virginia on the campus of Marshall University, a campus that is, uh, quite frankly, feeling pretty good about basketball right now after the thundering herd men's team defeated Louisiana Tech this afternoon to secure a berth in the Conference USA Championship game tomorrow. And, Bill, we don't like to go into college (laughs) ball too much, but you can clearly tie things together here with the the local aspect, John Elmore, starting point guard, a a Charleston native. Stevie Brown, who's having an outstanding Conference USA tournament. As a matter of fact, if Marshall goes ahead and wins that tournament, there's a good chance Stevie could be the MVP. Yeah, he's been outstanding in the conference tournament, and uh, they play tomorrow night at 8.30 against Middle Tennessee State. They're happy to get the rest because they played last night at 9, finished at 11, then played again this afternoon at 3. Close, close games. Yeah, it was a quick turnaround after a one-point win over Old Dominion last night, but the Thundering Herd then picking up the win. Uh, this afternoon, a 16-point win, kind of, uh, and the spread might be a little bit deceiving if you're familiar with how Marshall plays. Those, you know, points can come and go in a hurry. Yeah, <laughs> Lead, uh, deficits can disappear, and leads can as well. But uh, they, they 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 did a good job in that one, and uh, of course we're, we're keeping an eye on the WVU game. It's not going on that well right now for the Mountaineers, but you know, with Nathan Adrian, Chase Harler. And company as well. Mountaineers have actually pulled back within yeah. seven with uh, just under 15 minutes to go, 34 27. But a very ugly first oh, half. Just absolutely. From a, just, 16 I mean, points. Yes. Yeah. Just How? Aesthetically, a very <laughs> ugly first half. For any college team, right. I don't care what level you play. How? Exactly. And, and Defense. Just, <laughs> yeah. And um, Bill, we're, we're getting the final final moments. Yeah, this, this one's over. Uh, 46 seconds left, and Buckhannon ups are up 20 now on Wheeling Park, 47-27. So I think it's pretty safe to go ahead and put them in the championship game. Do, do, do you want to write that in ink, Bill? Absolutely. I think, yeah, Bill, Bill and Joe are ready to put not, that in Not ink. disappearing ink. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, before we get back to the phones, I want to quickly go through the AAA and AA, excuse me, the AAA and single-A boys' state tournament schedule. I already gave you the AA. Of course, all this on basketball night Triple uh, A bracket, the number one seed is Capital. They will play Wednesday night at 7.15 against number eight seed Parkersburg South. The number four seed is Morgantown. They'll take on number five seed George Washington, who went to Woodrow Wilson. And sounds familiar, right? Because the first time we did this, the first year we did this show, John Elmore led George Washington to a road victory in the Raleigh County Armory in the regional round to get George Washington State Tournament that year. George Washington and Morgantown play Thursday at 11-15 in the 4-5 game. In the 2-7 game, University, the two-seed plays at 11-15 Wednesday morning against number 7 Martinsburg. Yeah, there's a little bit of contention to the seeding of Martinsburg there. University, I think that might be the, the best just on-paper matchup of the first round. Who knows how to play out. But also on Thursday... Number three seed Huntington plays number six seed Musselman at 715. What's interesting about that is that within the region, Martinsburg was seeded ahead of Musselman. Martinsburg then won their sectional matchup 
and then Musselman ends up being yeah. a better seed in the state. It's just interesting. I'm you know right, wrong, or indifferent. It's interesting. I'm sure the cause will have a comment <laughs> later tonight. Yeah, we'll definitely talk with Rick Kozlowski about that as well. And, and the boys' class A bracket. Also, uh, all these games are on Thursday, as you will have. Well, let's just go chronologically here. 9.30 on Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, 9.30. Number three seed, Fayetteville, who is undefeated, takes on number six seed, Madonna. The one o'clock game will be number two seed, Ravenswood, against number seven seed and reigning state champion, St. Joe. Those two played earlier this year, and it was a great game. The 5.30 game is between number one seed, Wheeling Central, and number eight seed, Valley Fayette. So Fayette County getting two teams to the Class A state tournament. And the 9 o'clock matchup has number four, Notre Dame, and number five, Gilmer County, all those games Wednesday. Your thoughts on the seeding? I was really kind of surprised that Fayetteville was not a little higher, being the only undefeated team in the state. I was not surprised that Wheeling Central got the one seed. I thought Ravenswood and Fayetteville would have been flipped, but I can't say that it's wrong. Right. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame's a really good number four seed. Gilmer County is a really good number five seed. I mean, so if this sounds familiar, you know, it, it, it is because, quite frankly, a lot of these teams can make are, are certainly capable of making a run. And we, we haven't had that 1-8 upset yet since this uh, tournament format was put into place about 10 years ago now. Boy, we've been close. But i tell you what, just looking over the seeds and the scheduling, I think you're going to see a bunch of great basketball games, in, especially in the first round next week. That should be and a, that'll just, and as the deeper you go, the better they'll get. That should be a whole lot of fun next week in Charleston. But now we want to go ahead and welcome in our standout athlete of the week, a senior from Gilmer County High School. She is going to Concord University on uh, – play basketball with uh, her teammate Riley Fitzwater, carries a 3.5 GPA, and she is Kylie Schuff, this week's standout athlete of the week. She joins us now here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and first off, Kylie, once again, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Thank you. Well, your ball club, unfortunately, came up a, a, a short in its attempt to go back-to-back after winning last year's Class A state championship. Uh, fell on Wednesday to St. Joe in a very good ball game, 55-47 was the final. You had 20 points in that game on 7 of 11 shooting from the field. And I know that wasn't the way you wanted your high school career to end, but at the same time, what a high school career it was. You'll have some great memories when you go back and uh, think about this title that you won a year ago, too. Yeah, definitely a lot of memories and it sucks that we're done, but couldn't have asked for a better four years. Gilmer County? You know, something about Gilmer County that a lot of people may or may not understand is that uh, it, it's, you know, based around Glenville, but it's got a little bit of a, it, it's definitely a rural area. And more so in the rural areas, the high school is kind of a centerpiece for the community and for the folks who live within those school districts. And the athletic teams at Gilmer County have been so good. The baseball team made the state tournament just a couple of years ago. I actually did public address for the regional game at Buffalo. Don't ask why. That's a really <laughs> random thing. But, um, you know, Kylie, what is, uh, what is the community support been like for your ball club as you've been – a state champion and in the state tournament in the past several years? 
Oh, it's been awesome. I mean, we have so many people that support us. And, I mean, there's, like, some people in the community who only, they go to almost every game. And I've made so many community friends through it from older people just coming every game and then younger kids looking up to us. I've, it's awesome, the community support we've had. You'll play at Concord with your high school teammate, Riley Fitzwater, and uh, Glenville State kind of let you out the back, uh, you know, kind of out of their backyard there, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, we didn't really, I mean, they never really talked to us much. But, yeah. I mean, I think that I'm ready to get away from home anyways. I think Riley's in the same boat. It's going to be close to home, but it's still going to be, you know, the distance that we need. At Glenville State College is 30 seconds away from my house. I don't know if I could do that all over. <laughs> Kylie, Kylie, this is Joe Lambeau. First of all, I, just, I want to compliment you. You really impressed me as an athlete in your hustle in that game the other night. I, I was really impressed with that. But number two, you know, I can only imagine how you, you ladies felt. I actually walked out of the Civic Center when you guys were going out and get on the bus. And I'll tell you what, it, it broke my heart just seeing the looks on your all's faces. But what Looking back on the season or even last year, what is your greatest memory to date in high school basketball? My greatest memory is by far winning the state championship, but um, a close one, a close second is probably the feeling afterwards getting to run to my dad's arms, you know, after I've worked so many years with him. And he's, I mean, my mom's my go to for everything, but when it comes to basketball, my dad's my number one fan, and it was just an awesome feeling to go jump to his arms after that state championship game. He's the boys coach, correct? Yeah, he is. So how much of a how, – how difficult has that been to balance? Because you've got a coach in the house who isn't your coach. And I think she has a brother maybe yes. as well yes. on the team. Yeah, my twin brother is their uh, starting point guard. So it's, uh, it's not really difficult. Uh, I just get – I get – a lot of different perspectives on how I need to be playing basketball. So, something that, that <laughs> after every game, I after every game, I get their input. I get Trey's input, my brother. I get my dad's input, and then I get my mom's afterwards. So, who's who's uh, whose advice do you take? Uh, I usually try to just zone them out and take my own <laughs> advice, but I always remember what they say when I'm playing. <laughs> Well, Kylie, uh, something that that also I thought was very uh, neat and, and something that that kind of shows a, a bit of maturity as well was after the regional game, uh, you did something that, that that's quite frankly non traditional. Hopefully, in the future, we can kind of get rid of that being a non traditional thing, and we, you know it doesn't necessarily get noticed when a, when a girl asks a guy to prom. But yeah, this was this is somebody who is uh, is special to you as well. Oh, yeah. Peyton is Peyton's not only special to me. Peyton's special to the whole community. He is probably the, every team's number one fan, and he loves everyone, and everyone loves him. So I didn't, I really couldn't think of any other better date to take the prom, honestly. Peyton. Kylie, one more quick question there. You and, and Riley are going to, on, going to the next level together. How good of friends are you all on and off the court? We're pretty, we're pretty close. We hang out a lot. We're actually down here in Charleston together right now in a room together. Um, she's listening to talk, but we're watching the rest of the state tournament. But we're really close, and I, 
I don't know how it'll be rooming together, but we we made it to where we're still together in a suite, but we got separate rooms, so we don't have too much of each other, but we're still there. <laughs> and you're just a door away, right? Yeah, yeah, our door away. <laughs> there, there, well, that's what we'll go with anyway. Kali Shuff, our standout athlete of the week, senior at Gilmer County. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, you and that group at Gilmer County have, have definitely, uh, you know, did, did some special things. And somehow I want to mention, I've, I've mentioned this on Twitter before, it gets a lot of positive reaction because it's true. The, the destination does not define the journey. I, I really believe that. And the memories that you make along the way, including that state championship a year ago, are things that uh, you'll definitely take with you for the rest of your life. And while it doesn't define you, it's something you can definitely uh, look back on with a smile. Congratulations once again on being our standout athlete of the week. Thank you so much. All right, it's Kylie Schuff from Gilmer County High School. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, our resident referee. He's early. He is early. <laughs> We're going to have to find somebody else to call in before uh, before we come back from break so we can put him on hold for a little while. But this we'll talk with him when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Call us. We want you to be part of the show. We want to make sure we've got you so we can have Bo on hold even longer. Call us toll-free, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Get ahead of Bo. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. We appreciate everyone that sent us text tweets all season long. You are part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Hey, family, head over to our website. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight. And, of course, we'll share the results with you tonight. This week's question, should the requirements for schools to host sectional and regional tournaments be the same for boys and girls? Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. And we're streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University a variety of ways. You can watch us on Network West Virginia Channel 2 statewide, Facebook Live on the RSN Sports Facebook page. On Periscope, at Hoops underscore Roundup on Twitter, you can find it there. Armstrong, Channel 204 in the Tri-State region. Also Comcast, Channel 25. And we're on YouTube at BasketballNight.com. You can click there and you can watch live. Make sure you get your pictures in for the last show next week. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. Ryan Epling alongside Bill Cornwell and Joe Linville, 1050 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. With you until midnight, all along the Fast Break Sports Network as we celebrate high school basketball on this semifinal Friday for girls high school basketball, setting up the Boys State Tournament 
that will begin on Wednesday morning at the Charleston Civic Center, a renovated Charleston Civic Center, mostly to the outside. <laughs> going to be a very, uh, again, get there early if you're going to the Girls State Championship Games tomorrow. And get there early if you're going to any of the boys' sessions next week. We figured they'll, they'll do a little bit better, but uh, Joe, it was uh, it, it was a little bit of a mess there on day one. Of course, I snuck in the back door, so I didn't have to go through yeah. that. But but I've heard a lot of complaints about it, and I, you know I know John Robinson and and his crew down there they'll they'll get things worked out and get the bugs out of it. I mean it, it's it's a new, a totally new section, and I'm I'm, I'm sure they'll you know. They're a top-notch group down there, so they'll get it figured out. Yeah, John's a real pro, and uh, he will uh, deal with it, and he always has. I mean, the guy's been there for 30 years, basically right. since the building was built. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, uh, they're growing, and that's a good thing. And, and the building's improving. I think, I think there's still the continual gripe about the Wi-Fi in that building. Hopefully, that's something that's going to improve. Oh, trust me, it's more than Wi-Fi. It's the whole <laughs> network. Yeah, but, but let's put it this way too: that wasn't in any of the upgrade plans because it wasn't deemed necessary. But they've got a new lobby. I think they uh, actually nice. went back and added a package on getting the Wi-Fi and, and network system upgraded. Good. Yes, good. That would be good for everyone. It's 2017, and exactly. it's time to it's time to yeah. Connect everyone. Step it up. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thanks, Bill, for saying what I was thinking. Step it up. Just, just get to it right there. Hey, speaking of stepping up, you know who has probably the most stressful job this time of year? I don't think it's coaches. I mean, I think they stress themselves out. I got tickled the other night. One of the referees, and I'm not sure who it was, and two minutes into the game, and he was just soaking wet with oh. sweat. <laughs> hey, I think these guys put the most pressure upon themselves, and unfortunately – they don't get told good game after it's over either. <laughs> At least not most of the time. Nah, sometimes they do. But our resident referee, Bo Anderson, joins us now here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Bo, welcome to the program. Uh, hey, guys. Yeah, I'm just coming back from the Girls State Tournament. Watched all the whole session today. And, and I, need a, I need another whistle again. Because while I was waiting, I heard you guys aren't getting. You guys got off tonight. I'm giving it to Fred for encouraging everybody to hurry up and call. So I can be on the whole. Hey, he's out of the game. He is out of the game. One eight five five seven eight four six six seven seven is the phone number. Please, somebody not play. If you call, that, that is we'll the put, phone number. Yes. If you call, we'll put Bo on hold. Yeah, that, that's no. Uh, uh, all right, uh, Bo. Something we always in. We again, Bo does a service to all of our listeners out there by kind of uh, giving us uh, insight into things from the perspective of the officials. I know you've been to a lot of the state tournament. I know you were up there tonight for the girls' state tournament. Anything you see that, that caught your attention as being different that might require an explanation or might be helpful to explain to someone who might have, you know, the fan manual might have gotten in the way for them? Well, you know, today, actually, uh, you know, there wasn't any uh, major issues in any of the games. Uh, nothing odd on the rules. Um, you know, it you know, went pretty smoothly. Um, you know, there was no... No technicals, uh, you know, no uh, book issues, no, you know, really nothing, uh, you know, caught the eye. Uh, now, the other night, uh, in the game that I had the other night, uh, I had 
uh, two uh, errors at once. Uh, the player shot the one and one and missed it, and the other team got the rebound and started up the four with it, and I'm counting, and I look up, and the clock's not running. So I have to get the clock straightened out, and in the meantime, uh, they decided to tell us that the guy was supposed to have been shooting two shots on the tent. So um, that's a, at that time, a correctable error, so we went back down, and, and by rule, if there's no change of possession, then you just, uh, the one team shot missed, the other team got the rebound, the other team didn't get the ball back, so we didn't have change of possession, that's that's what I mean by definition, and therefore, we lined it back up, shot another shot, and kept on playing, but, and then the one, they wanted to put time back on the clock, no, on correct players. All time consumed, any point scored or anything like that counts just if the error hadn't occurred. So uh, that the play that I had was uh, the only one that I know of that out of all the games that I saw today. There was not even anything like that. But you know, at the state tournament, you know, there's you know, of course, I've known you know where I've worked it a few times. I've known all the bookkeepers that do it and the clock keepers and stuff, and they they do a really good job over there. They pay attention. They're they're on top of it. So you know. It, it went pretty smooth today as far as that goes. No real errors. Bo, we have more for you, but we're coming up on a hard break here in just a moment. Can we put you on hold and just bring you back right at the very top of the next hour? Sure, absolutely. As long as Fred don't put somebody in front of us. Uh, all right. Yeah, we don't guarantee. <laughs> we, don't, we don't plan on putting anyone ahead of Bo, but again, we're, we're, we're coming up on a break here in just a moment, and I want to have more time to be able to expand yeah. with him. Uh, some of the things, and we'll tip him off because he can hear us here. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the precision timing system. I know that at least 16 years ago, they used that at the state tournament. I want to know if they're still using it or not. I haven't really paid that close attention recently. And, and as he mentioned, he worked a regional boys final this week, and I was going to kind of pick his brain about how much lead time they get because they have to travel. Uh, sometimes pretty good distance to work those regional finals in the state. Because uh, if, if I'm not mistaken – they try to get you out of your primary yeah. area. They would like, but, but generally just one they area. Would like, well, they would like you to not have actually worked maybe a game of the team you're working in the regional final. And that's all. That, you know, we can all we can talk about all of this with Bo as well as. Uh, I want to compliment all the officials out there, quite frankly, because one, they do an unforgiving, unwelcoming. Well, it's not unwelcome, <laughs> but it's not it's not always the most uh, appreciated task, and also. So many officials that I've run across have so much patience because you're, you're working with volunteer clock keepers, volunteer scorekeepers who make mistakes, who are doing their best. They try, and those officials don't get mad at them. They sit there and they do their best to work with them as well. It's greatly appreciated. More basketball Friday night in West Virginia after this. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget to join us online. Vote in this week's poll. Last week, the question was, should sectional championship games within the same region be played at the same time? Well, 80% of you said yes. This week's question. Should the requirements for schools to host sectional and regional tournaments be the same for boys and girls? 
Answer tonight before 1145. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. And we can't emphasize enough, you need to call us tonight, right now, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677, because our resident referee, Bo Anderson, has not been on hold long enough. Congratulations goes out to Kylie Schuff tonight from Gilmer County. And Kylie was the standout athlete of the week this week. One more standout athlete of the week is going to be selected to join Jamie Vess, Cody Jude, Marquez McAfee, Cheyenne Dunham, Ellis Bud Bryson, Reese Nichols, Veda Amani, Seth Meadows, Emily Sarburn, Chandler Stacy, Lauren Antelock, and Doug Workman. If you've got somebody remarkable on your team, an athlete that made an outstanding play, You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Check it out. Go to our website and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab and fill out the nomination form. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now third and final hour of this basketball friday night in west virginia semifinal friday of the girls state tournament edition the preview of the boys state tournament edition all in one ryan up alongside bill cornwell joe linville happy to have you along before we go back to our resident referee bo anderson i want to quickly go through and reset the girls scores today from semifinal friday class single a it was williamstown the sixth seed beating second seed willing central 65 59. Number 5 seed St. Joe defeats number 1 seed Summers County 79-59. So high noon tomorrow, the Class Single A Girls State Championship game. Number 5 St. Joe and number 6 Williamstown. Class Double A. Number 1 seed Fairmont Senior defeats North Marion 65 to 30. I see that's number 2 seed Fairmont Senior defeating number 3 seed North Marion 65-36. Number one seed Bluefield defeats number four seed Winfield 55-43. So tomorrow at 2.30, this double-A girls' state championship game, Fairmont Senior in for the third year in a row. Bluefield in for its first state championship game appearance in the modern era. It's 1923. That's 90, wow. It's 94 years, guys. It's a long right? time. Four, nine, six. My math was off. Nice six years. It's been a long time. I'm still doing the math in my head. I'm still. I'm not. <laughs> He's not. Oh, uh, my dad was and a math. Those, and my dad's a math teacher. Boy. And those were the days I when. Well, in, in fact, we we we, were, we talked about it at, with the coach, and uh, those were the days when they had the um, very strange uh, rules for girls basketball. It was 94 years ago because we're six years away from it being 100. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
I was going to say, what year was it? I got my calculator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and AAA, number one seed, Huntington defeats number four seed, South Charleston, 45-41. And the game that just finished up, number two seed, Buchanan Upshur, will play for its first ever state championship tomorrow night at 7-15 as the Buccaneers defeat Willing Park tonight, 49-27. So Huntington and Buchanan Upshur in the triple a state title game so in single a you've got five versus six and in double a one versus two triple a one versus two very well done overall let's go back to the phone to bo anderson our resident referee and bo one of the things that we were talking about um a little bit before the break was the timing system i think everyone thinks back to the days of how it was done for maybe i don't know 50 years or 60 years where somebody kept the clock on the sidelines and and that happens still you know in every regular season game through uh in high school gyms but the state tournament things are a little bit different correct uh yes in the state tournament but by the way before i get to that i learned two things during the break one Fred went way down on my list schedule, and he got ejected. And number two, I know you guys will never be able to referee because you can't figure out whether it's 94 years or 96, and so I know you're not going to be good for numbers on the court. Hey, you you deal with you, you know. Here's the Bo. Come on now, you guys. You deal with number zero through five. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You just a minute now. You've got counts going to 10. Now, not at, not only that, you've got a foul during the count. You've got a shooter during the count. you got about three or four different numbers to remember. How many shots are shooting? Did the ball go in? All right. Okay. I don't have to let you take the class. I can see that right now. Uh-oh. Okay, so 10 is as high as you have to count. All you got to do is look at your fingers, you know? Oh, yeah. I'll make that easy. <laughs> hey, yeah, get, run back to the clock. Yes, the clock. Uh, in the state tournament, uh, they have the uh, uh, the mechanism where the clock keeper still keeps the clock just like he would if we didn't have it. But the difference is, uh, if you look at the state tournament, you'll see the officials have a pack uh, on their waist. And that pack has a button on the bottom of it, and it's got a mic that goes up and connects on. And you wear a lanyard that you hook the mic onto. And so when you blow the whistle, immediately that clock stops because that mic picks it up and stops the clock electronically. It's a wireless system. And then, and I know you guys, some of you out there don't understand terms, but then the person who starts the clock is the center, which... The two officials on the same side are called the lead and the trail. The lead being under the basket, the trail being outside. And then the guy that's by himself, which goes basically from foul line to foul line extended, just to give you a general idea, that's the center. That is the person that pushes the button to start the clock. So, yes, it's a little different. You guys have to get used to thinking about, hey, I've got to start the clock when I'm at center. You know, sometimes, you know, you're in the game, you got to, but you got to focus. And, you know, college basketball, uh, all the Division One college conferences have that. So, you know, if you go to a Marshall game, West Virginia game, any, anything like that, they have that. But if you see that pack hooked up, that's what that is. That's, that's a, 
electronic device that is uh, wireless and uh, just has a little wire that comes up that's got a mic on it, and you uh, use that to start and stop the clock. Well, this is Bill Cornwell, and we talked uh, last weekend. You told me you were uh, working a regional game this week in the boys' side. Uh, talk about the logistics. Uh, I know the SSAC uh, assigns these officials for these regionals. Talk about the logistics of how, how much lead time do you get uh, when you're told that you're going to do a game, and then uh, you know, talk about the distance you have to travel. Well, uh, last week, uh, the week before this, in the girls' regionals, I had to go about two hours and 40 minutes away. Um, And this week, I was only about 50 minutes away. Uh, And what they do is they they will send you out an email that, uh, you know, previously to that, you turn in, you nominate, you you have things that you have to do. And then the SSAC office sets down, looks at the records of your, you know, what you've done, uh, you know, make sure that you're qualified, you know, you've got your class one, you've got your meetings, and you've done all the stuff to not drop you in class, or, and, and then you've met, met your requirements, your number of games that you work, and then what they do is they select, uh, now with it being where the regional sites are not set till after the sectional championships are done, used to be they could go ahead and send you the site, but now they, they cannot do that. So what they'll do is they'll send you, for instance, you know, triple A's on Tuesday night, double A's on Wednesday, single A's on Thursday. They'll send you the date and the section and region that you're doing, and then two days or one day prior to, they will send you where you're going. And, uh, Obviously, you have to be free on that date prior to anyway because you have not closed that date out because you have another commitment. And so then you'll check your email. If you're going to get a game, you'll get an email. And then, you know, you know the section and the region. And then you have to wait till you know, they play out to see where you're going to go and which part of that region they're going to send you. So, Bill, that's how they do the assignments now with that. And the same way with the state tournament, only state tournament, they select the 18 officials, and when they're ready to do it, they'll send you an email, and uh, you know you'll be saying you'll be selected. Congratulations on your uh, being picked for the boys of the girls' state, whatever it is, and that that's how they do the tournament assignments. Hey, Bo, when, when they select the officials for the state tournament, are these officials? Are they like a team? Are they the same officials that work? the entire season together for the most part, or are they randomly selected? Not necessarily. Now, they they do, in a sense, sometimes have crews, and sometimes they don't. There's some uh, scenarios. Well, there's, there's one up there, at least one that I know of, uh, that's working in the girls. It's not actually a crew during the regular season. No, they, they can select, you know, they can select the 18 guys that they want to work. And it might not necessarily, you know, you may have a crew during the season, but it may not necessarily be who you normally work with. Um, so they, they can select, you know, they, you know, that's, that's their job. They want to pick the 18 guys that they want to use. And, you know, they've got a lot of things that they go through to, to make that selection. And, uh, no, it doesn't necessarily uh, have to be a, uh, a crew. It, uh, it can be uh, three different individuals that don't necessarily work all the time together. 
And Bo, you talk about the eighteen guys. That's six or eight, eighteen men and women. That's six crews um, for uh, the state tournament. You have six games a day. The first three days, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Though the first two, you're, you're pretty well guaranteed to call two games unless something goes really haywire in one of them uh, on day one. But um, after that, how are the officiating crews determined for semifinal and state championship games? Okay, uh, Ryan, to, to correct you on that, you do work three games. You work okay. a game on Wednesday, a game on Thursday, and a game on Friday. So the six crews will work three games guaranteed. And then at the end of the last game in the locker room, it'll be posted who's working the three games on Sunday. Or, excuse me, Saturday, forgive me. And uh, so what happens there, there's a lot of things that's factored in. Uh, some of it has to do with who's playing, and they try not to put in the state championship a crew that is from that area of the team that's playing. Uh, then other things can factor in, you know. I mean, we don't always all have great games. Uh, some crew might have had a better state tournament than the other, or uh, and so they can, you know, they can narrow you out that way if you've made – a lot of mistakes or if you you know just not had a very good tournament they they may decide that they're going to choose another crew to work uh, you know on saturday instead of your crew a lot of things happen to eliminate officials uh, i'll give an example uh for example with uh if i was doing the girl state tomorrow and let's say i was chosen for a championship well i wouldn't have single a because huntington st joe is in the single a championship and they're from my area so that, that's how they select. They narrow it down, and then, uh, you know, if it's a tight race, they just have to, you know, they all talk about it, and then they just post it at the end, and you see if you're working. Bo Anderson, our resident referee. Always a pleasure, Bo. Thanks so much. And this is this is the most airtime you've gotten. You actually ended up getting two <laughs> segments here tonight. Hey, I tell you what, I'm impressed. I really, I really tell you. And I was uh, a little surprised that I got the, the picture posted uh, that I had that was put in the paper the other day. I see you guys posted it on there, too. I appreciate that. Um, thank you for that as well. And uh, it, uh, it, this has been a really great year. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Everything has went really smooth. And um, I'll be calling you again uh, next Friday night uh, when I'm coming back from the games. I'm going to go up and watch all six games. And that's another part of it, too. They, they won't ever give you back-to-back like, if you work the boys last year, you're not working the boys' state tournament this year. They they don't give back to back. You know they try to spread that around and give other crews a chance because there's you know there's more than 18 guys that deserve to be up there. So you know everybody deserves their shot. But I enjoy it, guys. I'll be calling you back in, and I thank you for all you do. And uh, we'll talk to you next Friday night. All right, that sounds good. That's our resident referee, Bo Anderson, and. You know, he talked about the precision timing system there, and that, that's something I wanted to point to is that in so many of these college basketball games, they have to go to the monitor to reset the clock in the last minute every time the clock stops. That, that, that's kind of out of hand. Hopefully that never comes into high school play. Mm-hmm. I know we're getting more technologically savvy in high school, but I get concerned because uh, – Things tend to trickle down from college to high school, and that's something that maybe we don't want replay abuse. Of course, we have so many people that would love to see the shot clock come to 
high school basketball, but of course that would be such an expense putting in the systems to the high school gyms, and you'd you'd have to have an extra person to run the shot clock and to do it right. <laughs> yeah, so, so the officials have to pay attention to that too. And just, I was just going to throw another tidbit on the shot clock. Uh, I, I interviewed uh, Mackenzie White last weekend at the at the tournament, and she said, looking back on it, she wishes that high school did have the shot clock because it makes the games you know more intense, yeah. more exciting than the, the games without them. Yeah, they, they definitely are a little more free flowing. No no doubt about that. I just from a logistics standpoint, though, I, I just don't expense. think. It, yeah, from expense, an extra person to run it, and and you know. I do think that there can be a little bit of a beauty to a well-played stall-type game because it's an additional tactic that's available for a coach. And I know some people will say that you know those are boring. You know, it's, you know. I don't know. I've uh, seen some of those defensive games that were pretty exciting go down to the wire. Right, and, and that's that's a strategy, and it's available and. Quite frankly, if you're not trying to help your team win, what, what, are, you, what are you doing in terms of a, a legal strategy? You're not, we're not even talking about anything that's conniving in any way. Right. We're talking about you know, just ways of, of, of handling the, the game and the pace of play. Um, and that's why, I'm, that's why I'm against the shot clock in high school. But again, I understand why people would be for it. But I also hear that it gets people ready for college, and there's just a very small percentage of kids who play college basketball. So, you you know, who are you helping here, or are you hurting the development of a lot of others? I'm just going to force a lot of more bad shots. Uh, just, just, just me. Just thoughts. Anyway, we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll delve a little bit more into the boys' state tournament that's upcoming as basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. We'd like to hear from you tonight. Call us toll-free 855-784-6677. Toll-free 855-784-6677. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically. Report accurately and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Many ways you can watch the show and listen to the show. We want to thank all of our affiliates. You can watch us on Network West Virginia Channel 2 Statewide, Facebook Live, on the RSN Sports Facebook page. Periscope. Go to Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can watch us on Periscope. Armstrong, K 
cable. Channel 204 in the Huntington Tri-State area, Comcast, Channel 25, and YouTube. Go to basketballnight.com for all of that. Thanks for being part of the show. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It's 11-18 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Bill Cornwell and Joe Lindell. Happy to have you along with us on our 20-plus radio affiliates and Network West Virginia, Channel 25 of... Uh, Comcast, um, Armstrong Cable as well. Our reach is growing. I liked your Twitter tweet there in the middle of the night. I think that was early this morning. <laughs> yeah, at four forty-two a.m. Yes, at, yes, at four is four forty-five <laughs> oh. this morning. I was watching television and. Um, <laughs> Don't That's ask. right. Normal well, people are not up at that time. I, no, we me. I, you know, I'm, That's I'm, why I'm going to work. I'm, I'm awake eating dinner right about then. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just – and understand, too, I want to make this clear before we get too far along here, that cable companies get carved out time to put their own spots into national – networks it's not like you know but uh that, that's how you see like suddenly right um and, and etc and, and i saw a promo for our show on tbs immediately after the march madness promo and it, i just kind of sat there like wow <laughs> it's four thirty in the morning did i see what i just what i thought i just saw and, and like i think i just saw well me but uh and, and then like, there's joe and and Craig Dutton, who somehow made it in here one time, one time. and is in the promo. <laughs> and he's in the promo. <laughs> it's incredible how that works. But anyway, uh, that, that was fun. And um, just, just an interesting, interesting situation also. But, but we, we do appreciate our, our you know, listeners and our watchers. I, I get you know, dinged all the time that they saw the promo or they heard us you know, here or there. And, and we do appreciate the fans because that's why we do it. And uh, that's, you know, that's what it's all about. And the whole idea when the show started is we didn't think that high school basketball was getting its fair share and its fair spotlight in the state of West Virginia, especially when you consider the great tradition of high school basketball in this state. The company I work with, I deal with, we got a couple of job sites in Alabama, and we were in conversation one time, so I just sent him a link to the basketball Friday night. So on Monday morning, he calls me up and, you know, says, I didn't know I knew a celebrity, and I said, I'm not a celebrity, we just enjoy doing it. But he said, I got a question, who watches three hours of a high school basketball show? And I said, you'll be surprised, but we have people that do it. They do. And we thank them for it. Absolutely. And, and, it, and, you know, this is a labor of love for all the folks behind the scenes and uh, who, who put so much time and effort into it. We thank them immensely. I mean, cannot thank them enough, cannot brag on them enough. And um, like I said, it, it's just – it's a blast. We have a good time. And if we didn't, well, try to find somebody else to do it. But, <laughs> but we, we have a good time. Oh, come on there. Well, okay, anyway. Um, you know – we got all the scores. <laughs> yeah, we got all the scores. All six of them. Yeah. Uh, 
You can go to basketballnight.com at hoops underscore roundup to follow all the state tournament action. Uh, we've had people there for every session who have been tweeting. We were, you know, not only tweeting throughout the games, but also getting you game recaps. You can look at basketballnight.com. You can see those game recaps there. And, and it's just, it's incredible to me. We've come a long way in four years from sitting around the table upstairs in the classroom studio at WMUL. We've came a long way this year. Yeah, yeah. A lot of strides in the... We had a web camera and a sign that was (laughs) printed on just a normal sheet of paper that we taped to the front of the the desk, and... uh, and you know you could see the classroom chairs behind us too. And, you know now we look around, it's like, wow! Look at this. I mean, the jerseys too. And we got some thank- new jerseys. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Petersburg sent us three. Thank you so much uh, for adding to it. Ritchie County sent us a jersey as well, and, and that just continues to uh, to add to our set. Now it's, it's very red up there at the front of our set. By the way, there, you got Petersburg red and black. You've got a Paul Paul shirt, they're red and white. You got a Wayne jersey, red and black, and you know we got a Tigers Valley jersey, which is red up behind us. A lot of red. Anyway, that's we're, just we're a, missing Ravenswood. Yeah, <laughs> Webster County. We could we could keep going on this nonetheless. But um, you know, before we go any further, uh, it's a great day to be a basketball fan. In West Virginia, we talked about earlier Marshall winning in the Conference USA semifinals, beating Louisiana Tech 93-77. Stevie Browning 24 points in the game on 10 of 19 shooting. Uh, you know, and, and just actually, that was against Old Dominion that he did that. He had 18 uh, points uh, today. Yeah, 18 points today. There we go. 21 for John Elmore. And, and, you know, those are the 304 boys, they call them. And C.J. Burks also hit a couple of big shots. Hedgesville native, uh, you know, playing a, a lot for the herd. And then WVU comes from behind. No, that's Stress Virginia. Yeah, Stress Virginia <laughs> comes from behind to beat Kansas State 51-50 in the Big 12 semifinal. It was almost Oops, Virginia. They'd lost that one. Yeah, and and Nathan Adrian, uh, Nate Adrian, five points in the victory for the Mountaineers, a Morgantown native. Uh, You know, he was in the state tournament playing for Morgantown High School just uh, four years ago. And, uh, you know, Chase Harler is on the club. He did not play in that game today, but – uh, he has saw some action this year, then. Yeah, so the the, the West Virginia uh, Division One schools survive on championship uh, or survive on semifinal Friday and, and get to championship Saturday. It'd be uh, sweet I, if they both come out conference champs. It'd be awesome. That would be that would be absolutely fantastic. Marshall has not made the NCAA tournament in thirty years. Nineteen eighty seven. That was the year that Indiana won the national championship. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I brought that. I, I, I do remember. I'm sure Bill does. I remember but. being. I remember being at the Marshall game. Marshall played at the old Charlotte Coliseum on Independence Boulevard against TCU and lost. Led by. Oh, 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 whoa! You got me on that one. Did, did Rhino, Rhino come up? Did, with did I stump you there? You did. Okay, TCU's basketball player that really was their best player, one of their best players on that Billy Tubbs team, 
Jamie Dixon. Jamie, wow. Currently the coach of the Horned Frogs. And the Horned Frogs beat Kansas the other day in the Big 12 tournament before losing to Iowa State today. So you've got WVU and Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game tomorrow. Marshall and Middle Tennessee in the Conference USA championship game tomorrow night. You've got single-A girls championship game tomorrow at noon between St. Joe and Williamstown. You've got the double-A girls state tournament championship game at 2.30 tomorrow between Fairmont Senior and Bluefield. You've got the girls triple-A state championship game at 7.15 between Huntington and Buchanan Upshur. So two of those programs making their first ever modern day championship game appearance. Bluefield was in one in 1922. Also in 21. Those couple of hours between the uh, AA and AAA, is that is that shopping time at the mall? I, I believe so. <laughs> I think it's eating time at the mall. Uh, yeah, and you know, you, you look at the way that it's set up, and I think it makes perfect sense to do it that way. It's an extra session. Right. I know it might it may actually cut down on the crowd for the AAA game because some people who were at the A and AA won't well, go, go home. Yeah, they, they right. Hit the they, road. Right. It's not convenient to stay, but uh, I understand it. it kind of gives it gives its own platform uh, to that game, and and obviously it's uh, it's a special. Well, I mean, time. especially in that AA game, you know, you got Fairmont and Bluefield. I mean, they're opposite ends of the state, and you know, those folks want to get home before too late, so more than likely they're not going to stay. And then you've got St. Joe and Williamstown and Single A who are in the same region, even though it's mm-hmm. not right. nice little trip. On uh, you know, 64 to Charleston, right. 77 on up to Williamstown. But, uh, yeah, not too bad at all. And, and then that AAA game between Huntington and Buchanan Upshur. Could be a, a big day for basketball in the city of Huntington. Yeah. You've got St. Mm-hmm. Joe playing for the single-A title, and you've got Huntington playing for the AAA And title. Marshall for a – Marshall playing for – I knew where he was going with yeah. that. <laughs> but just, yeah. But it, it just, could be. And – it will be. You know what? Because let's be honest, you'll remember it better if they, you know, if, if your local team wins. But it's still a great memory, no matter what. If they could pick up the trifecta, that would be definitely a, a big that, day that, in that, basketball history in but, the town. But that's icing on the cake. Yeah. I think you can celebrate the fact that you've got that opportunity. And I think it's a, you know, like I said, tomorrow is just a tremendous day, and then it sets up for the boys' state tournament next week, which should be a lot of fun. I, I really really feel like um, you know there there are some teams that maybe aren't your traditional powerhouses that are mixed in with your traditional powerhouses like I think single A might you know maybe one through eight is as good as it's been but yet you know I, I, I still think back to a few years ago it's been about three years now Wheeling Central beat Parkersburg Catholic in the opening round in overtime and had to hit a shot at the buzzer to get it to overtime. And then Wheeling Central went on to win the state championship. So um, that tells me that was pretty close, one through eight. And I think you've got a similar situation this year. And you've got some teams that are back trying to defend titles this year in the boys' uh, side. And I think that they're going to have a tough time looking at the way things were seated, to make those uh, 
defenses of their title. St. Joe, you know, they're a lot, a lot of people surprised that they are back this year. And uh, But I will say this, uh, Coach Ross Skaggs lost some personnel, but he upgraded his schedule, and I think that paid off in the end. This team was really battle-tested going into the postseason. And we'll talk much more about the Boys State Tournament. We're really hoping to get with someone from Buchanan Upshur, too, as they celebrate their victory in the state semifinal over Wheeling Park. We hope to be able to do that. We'll also have cause time and we'll have a poll question. We'll do all that in our final half hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia when we come back here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, just six tonight, visit basketballnight.com. You can check out all the brackets, all the stories, and information on all the games at the tournaments. We have so many people to thank, and we want to thank our Twitter followers. And, man, we've had a bunch of new followers this week. We're going to read you a list. Just a few moments ago, ZKF. Joined us on Twitter, Courtney, Luke Frazier, Gunnar Thompson, Bree Brown, Grayson Mashalovich, Mrs. McPee, Samantha Coleman, Lisa Smith, Camden Brown, Hunter Fisher, Kenzie, Alexi Cross, Laura, Taylor S. Odom, Neil Gwynn, B.S. Smith, Sherry Fox, Darian, Teresa Taylor, Kalen, GBA, Heath Bloxton, the Ravenswood Red Devils play-by-play announcer. Brent Skaggs, Kelsey Miller, Josie Daugherty, Park Pitt, 2017 Mountaineer Journal, Melissa Jackson, the Associate Head Coach, the University of Akron, Zacharon, Morgan Cornell, Sid, Jason Buckley, Jesse Stevenson, L&K Marketing, Calvin Brittley, Austin Keeley, Aaron Buttlefield, Savannah Hayes, Cassandra Hope Davis, the Polka Athletics Department, David Snyder, Rita, Mackenzie Michael, Amanda Tomlin, Kinsey, Jenny Bundy, Tanya Tuttle, Devin, Bridget Barker, Skylar Martin, Kaylee Maynard, Glenna, Chris Bailey, Brianna Gray, Virginia Mounts, Morgan Brown, Emily Grog, and Shea Burpion. Thank you for joining us here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on Twitter. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It is 11.33 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Bill Cornwell and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along with us here on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. If you're just joining us. Once again, happy to have Bill Cornwell back with us. Good to be back. Uh, Billy C. was with us week one. And uh, Joe Wimble, we greatly appreciate. I mean, we've got a show. we still got a show left to do. We're not saying our <laughs> goodbyes here, but uh, we greatly appreciate Joe uh, making the trip in here to, to do these uh, broadcasts with us. And we, we had a schedule that would have been a little bit lighter on Joe earlier to begin with, but uh, things happen. Hey, things happen, yeah. and, and we thank him so much for stepping up and being a weekly part of the uh, of the family. 
My pleasure. Basketball Friday night. Next year we'll maybe get a little bit more balanced. <laughs> Let's hope. Man, well, yeah, we'll hope. But uh, that, yeah, that's all we can do from a from a year to year standpoint. Um, still about a half hour left in our program as we know the finalist. They call it Super Six in football. It doesn't have that catchy title in basketball, but we do know the six schools that will play for the three state championships tomorrow. That includes Buchanan Upshur, who will play for its first ever girls' state basketball championship after the Buccaneers defeat Willing Park tonight, 48-27. Jeremy Maxwell is the head coach of Buchanan Upshur. He joins us on the program now. Coach Maxwell, congratulations on reaching championship Saturday. Thank you very much. 49-27 the final tonight. 27 points allowed sticks out, but what more so sticks out, only seven in the second half. How were you able to handle the Patriots defensively after halftime? Well, um, we just had a real specific game plan. Uh, we, we watched a lot of film. Um, the girls were hungry, especially you know after losing to them earlier in the season. Um, uh, they, have, they have a great shooter uh, in Doherty and one of the best pure shooters I've seen in a long time, probably the quickest release I've ever seen. And we knew that we had to put her a hand in her face, literal hand in her face, because she was going to get it off. So um, we, we made sure that she wasn't going to beat us. Um, she's a great player, and we're going to make other people beat us. And we made, we made some adjustments, adjustments on our press uh, and got them away from scoring position, and it worked out real well for us tonight. Coach, you you know you pretty much dominated the first quarter, and then they come back with a 11-5 run in the second. What did you tell your girls at the half? Uh, well, that team, Winton Park, is one of the scrappiest, hardest playing teams that we play, and we knew that they were going to um, come out with a lot of fight, and uh, you know we're not going to outplay them, outwork them, you know. So it was going to come down to execution, and we knew they're going to make a run. I mean, they can hit a lot of threes, and some of them are bound to go in. Um, so we just got, you know, got a little sloppy there in the second quarter. Um, I think more than anything, uh, we gotta we gotta make sure we have better shot selection. Um, we figured out that more than anything else, that determining wins and losses is, is shot selection. And um, you can see that over the course of our season, we might have been shooting thirty percent at the end of the season. Now we're we're in the forties or fifties every night. We're shooting way less shots than what we used to, uh, but we're making just as many. So. You'll, Wheeling Park in the second half, three of thirty-two from the field. I don't, I don't recall a number like that in a semifinal round game from a team that clearly belonged at that level. I mean, this isn't a, a Wheeling Park team that just kind of scraped its way through. This is a, a legitimate title contender that you knocked out uh, tonight, and you did it with defense, as you mentioned. But you got out-rebounded. I, I just want to question you on this because you got out-rebounded 39-37. Huntington may be not the most uh, a tall team, but a very aggressive team. Is that of, of concern going into tomorrow's AAA championship game? Uh, now, total rebounds don't concern me a whole lot. Um, the offensive rebounds that we gave up do. Um, you know, when you're taking less shots and you're taking better quality shots, they go in. So there's no need to rebound it anymore. Um, but when they're getting offensive rebounds, which they they did there uh, in the third and fourth quarter, um, they had a trouble closing out some possessions. And and like you said, Huntington thrives on those things, turnovers and extra shots. Um, Jordan Dawson is just um, 
just an unreal athlete and ball player and um we can't get her going um we can't make it easy on them <laughs> they're already good enough so we can't make make it easy on them we got to make sure that we uh we do the right things and the little things to um to close out possessions coach looking at the statistical sheet here uh, one good thing yeah, having a relatively easy win, especially in the second half, is you were able to give your starters uh, lots of rest times, so and they'd be really fresh on Saturday. Because uh, Hannah McClung's the only player that you had that played most of the game. She had twenty nine of the thirty two minutes. Other than that, uh, you were able to give some of your starters uh, eleven minutes rest, nine minutes rest. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, well, we're very we're a really deep team. I mean, we have eight to ten girls that would probably start on most teams and it, it's hard to get girls to buy into that but they have you know our girls coming off the bench are more than capable of starter of starting on other teams and um so we, we usually don't play girls more than 20 to 25 minutes at a time everybody plays about the same the top eight do um sometimes situations like tonight uh you get a team that presses a lot we need more ball handlers so that's where hannah gets a little bit more of the workload but she's a and she's a bulldog. She she can handle that kind of stuff. She works hard. Tell me the feeling when you got into the fourth quarter and got out to enough of a lead to where you felt comfortable. And I know that might have been the last ten seconds, but you felt <laughs> comfortable with the outcome of the game and that realization that you're going to play for a state championship. How'd that feel? Uh, just just unreal. Um, like I said before, I've coached these girls since sixth grade. Um, and I've been telling them ever since then that that they're going to be winners, they're champions, and if they would, they just don't cheat the process. You know, every day go out and work hard and and win every day, and um, every day, every practice this year, we we make it a point to talk about what our goals are, and we always point to the banners on each wall. Um, one side has white banners; those are the state runner-up. Uh, we're already guaranteed one of those, so that was that's pretty awesome. The other side is that blue banner, and we've been eyeing that spot up for a long time. Um, so, you know, we actually were mentally prepared uh, for this. You know, this is what we expected to do, um, and it was just a matter of uh, whether we're going to come together and execute the way we need to. Um, so you know, I, I haven't seen these girls this focused. A bunch of teenage girls, you think you'd be yelling at them to do this and do that, but most every time for bed check, they're already in bed or they're watching film. It's just a special special group uh, and i want to touch on that too handling a team that has experienced winning but this is still a different this is a different setting it's a different feel uh when it comes to this time of year and your girls have handled that did did that okay i guess what i'm going to ask here is with with that win tonight did you feel that they celebrated the win or did you feel that it was just like all right we won we we're supposed to and now we're going to play tomorrow well i think i think it was a little bit of both i think in that moment it feels really great but then you realize i don't know we play in 20 hours <laughs> uh, we have a really a really short break we're we're loading these girls up with chocolate milk and all kinds of goodies and we're gonna let them sleep in tomorrow and um uh, they're they're ready. I, actually, after last night when Willie Park won, um, I know probably ninety percent of them um, went went back to the hotel and watched film. Uh, and that's the type of mentality these girls are. These girls are winners, and they're going to do everything possible to give us the best chance to to pull it out. Um, and uh, if you were if you were there today, you could see that 
see a Buchanan Blue. We have a great support system. You know, we're a county school. You know, we're not a city school. We, we have to – we recruit from every hauler in, in <laughs> up your county. Uh, so, um, you know, this is – this is what the community is all about right now. There's nothing else going on. It's it's all about these girls and and what a year and they deserve it. Um, and a lot of history made and and this team's going to be remembered for a long time, no matter what the outcome is tomorrow. Speaking with Jeremy Maxwell, head coach of the Buchanan Upshur Buccaneers, the girls will play in the AAA state championship game tomorrow and. Coach, uh, I know it's going to be a kind of a whirlwind here, but have you got to? just kind of set back and, and like you, you mentioned you know this is pretty cool we're going to play for a championship but at the same time I, yeah yeah you look across the way and you're facing a huntington ball club as you mentioned thrives on on turnovers and, and creating extra shot opportunities and has the best basketball player in the state of west virginia in, in jordan dawson I'll tell you what, when you said that and we're going to be playing for a state championship just, just now, I think it was the first time I was just like, oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> so, uh, that was my whole crap moment. But uh, uh, it just, it's, it's just unreal. Um, like I said, it's, we're playing with house money now. <laughs> you know, a lot of teams would love to be in our, right. our situation. And, and this is a, uh, we played Huntington last year. We're familiar with them. I've watched them play several times this year. You know, they put a, a good whooping on us last year, and we, we haven't forgot that. And um, that's what's kind of driven our off-season programs and our workouts. And everything we've done um, is a remembrance of last year losing by 20 points. And two years ago, I don't know if anybody remembers, we beat by Morgantown by 46 points. And you know, I tell the girls every time they're in um, they're in the, the gym or they're shooting around or they're working out, you're chipping away at those points. You're you're closing the gap, and, and they've done that continuously every single day and it just it's awesome to see well coach maxwell enjoy it get a good night's rest i'm sure that's easier said than done tonight <laughs> and we wish you the best of luck at 7 15 tomorrow night in the girls class triple a state championship game against huntington thank you guys appreciate you having me on all right again that's jeremy maxwell head coach of the buccaneers of buchanan upshire who will play for their first ever girls state championship he's a little fired up tomorrow. oh yeah he's a little fired up but, yeah. but that's good yeah, I could, I could tell there was a bit of just excitement he that he was just, trying to jump out. He yeah. may not sleep much tonight. Uh, hey, we greatly appreciate him taking time to talk with us tonight, though, after, after you know, let's face it, biggest win in Buchanan Upshur girls basketball history. history. It is. We're going to step aside to take our final break. When we come back, we'll have our poll question for the week. We'll have cause time. We'll wrap up the scores from tonight. We'll set the boys' schedule for next week. We'll call it a night here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. A special thanks tonight to all of our radio affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including the all-new 92.5 FM WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley, 94 Rock WRLF Fairmont Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WYRCLP in Spencer, 
104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWPLP in Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR in Martinsburg, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3 FM, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP in Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP, Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. We want to thank all of those stations for carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia all year long. Thanks for being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. We'll hear from Coach Rick Marone for a final time on the night in a couple of moments. I'm Ryan Epling, joined by Joe Lenville, Bill Cornwall in studio with us as well. And joining us now, Marquez Davila. And Marquez has our poll question poll question for this past week was should the requirements for schools to host sectionals and regional tournaments be the same for boys and girls we had a whopping 93% say yes and then 7% says no so as you can see we see who wants the tournament to be the same for the boys and girls and then who doesn't and then and, and, and before before we get to this, we just expand on that real fast. What we were talking about there was the uh, requirements for hosting, such as seating capacity, et cetera. They are not the same right now. Uh, does not require as many seats to host a girls regional as it does a boys regional. And our poll question was about making a, a, a uniform number standard with the boys were higher than what it currently is, and and most people would like to see that. Yes, and this week's uh, poll question for Basketball Friday Night is uh, should all state championship games be played in a single session uh, consecutively? Yeah, and what we're talking about there is where you have that extra session on championship Saturday uh, for the AAA game that starts at 7.15. And, Marquez, thank you so much. Joe, your thoughts on that? Of course, you can go to basketballnight.com to vote on that, and that will be open for a while. But, uh, you know, we talk about that extra session. I think you could get more people to kind of hang around, but I don't know. Somebody smarter than me will have to figure out if it's from a cost-benefit analysis there on, uh, you know, concession sales, et cetera, right. versus – uh, extra ticket sales. You know, there's probably a two, two and a half hour lull there between sessions. Actually, you know, thinking about it, I would like to see it 
just one session. And the mall would not like it, though. Yeah, well, I and, guarantee and, it. And, and again, we're and not... Rightfully we're, so. Right, yeah. We're not judging on that. It's just right. kind of... That's, that's just business. Hey, uh, let's go... Before we go to Rick Kozlowski, we'll go to Rick Marone, because you have to be named Rick to get in on the last segment here. <laughs> and uh, Coach Marone has been at the State Girls Tournament for us this evening. And Coach Marone, you just witnessed Buchanan Upshur make school history, reaching its first Girls State AAA Championship game, and did so in convincing fashion tonight. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, Ryan, if you haven't got out to see the Lady Buccaneers, uh, get out and see them. It all starts right there at the top. Hannah McClung is the real deal. Uh, she is a spark plug, not the, the tallest player on the court, but I tell you what, she is feisty. She's got unlimited range, and she runs the show for the Lady Buccaneers. And then what can you say about the beard? I mean, it continues to grow. And Jeremy <laughs> Maxwell, uh, they, they, they have got a nice thing going. They had a huge crowd over there tonight. Wheeling Park, well represented as well, but – Tell you what, Ryan, uh, you can tell the Buchanan Upshur community uh, behind this team, and, uh, you know, they're ready to go. They were number two coming in. They got Huntington High tomorrow night. They believe they can win, and that's a big part of the battle. So I think it's going to be a great game tomorrow night. But uh, they really controlled from the outset with Willing Park. Willing Park uh, kind of lived on that three-point line in their uh, in their first-round game, and they just were not falling tonight. They had no answer for uh, – for Buchanan Upshur's inside-out game. And uh, it was it was a big win for Buchanan Upshur. Like I said, school history being made, and they're going to try and take another step tomorrow night. And, Coach, before we let you go for the night, your team, the Tulsa Lady Rebels, played in state championship games in 97 and 99. You were an assistant coach on a boys' state championship team back in the early 90s, 1991 as well. What are the coaches feeling tonight? as they prepare for championship Saturday? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you're really, uh, sleep is not something that's in your uh, mindset here. You kind of prepare as you get into the tournament, but it's one game at a time, and uh, you always have assistant coaches, which is the role I was in with the boys. And a lot of times your goal is to do the advanced scout, or your job is to do the advanced scouting. So I think you're just trying to make sure you've covered all the bases. It's all about rest and recovery for the players. I mean, three games in either three days or four days, it's more mental. You'll have a walkthrough in the morning. You may have a light practice or shoot around in the evening. You want to get plenty of rest and get them hydrated. But a lot of it is where it's three games is who's freshest. And then, you know, try and prepare as best you can. You're excited about it, but it's almost surreal, uh, to be honest, from the coaching perspective. Once you get into that championship game, you know it's all on the line. And uh, it's just exciting. But uh, it's it definitely uh, – uh, it wears on you, I guess, at the end of the three days. If you can come out on top, which we did, and the boys, we were runner-up twice in the girls. Uh, it's just a great experience. But it's like a roller coaster ride. You know how it is. You whip around through there, and then all of a sudden it stops, and you're you're ready to get off. Coach, where do you find room to do that quick walkthrough on Saturday morning? <laughs> well, I tell you what, we've been in hotel ballrooms, meeting rooms. <laughs> uh, you really don't want to have to load anybody up and transport the whole team, so. You really just want to find a place that uh, has enough room. Uh, you, your film work would probably be this evening uh, just to get used to personnel and such uh, as far as the players. But uh, to be honest, Joe, you've kind of got everything in. You've really well seen everything. But if you've got any kind of special uh, things that you're trying to do or things you're wanting to, to put in place uh, in the morning, you would just have a walk through. And we've done those in conference rooms. We've been in parking lots before. I've been in parking lots in uh, Pocahontas County and at the uh, observatory at Green Bank for tournaments doing walkthroughs in about 25-degree weather. That tops so, the cake right there. Yeah. And they're done that. 
you've been there, done that. But uh, it's exciting. It's what you work for. And there'll be three teams tomorrow that's going to be living the dream. I mean, that's what you start out for in uh, November. So it's going to be exciting. Coach Rick Marone, thanks so much. We'll get back with Coach Marone. Uh, we're looking forward to having him uh, back on the program next week. And we thank him for um, doing so much for us. Uh, for hoops underscore roundup on Twitter and basketballnight.com at the Girls State Tournament. Right now, it's cause time. In the course of human history, there are pioneers who have strived to break new ground. Dreamers who refuse to play by the rules. So prepare to be awed, dazzled, and spellbound by an artist who will never settle for the same old, same old. It's time to turn up for cause time. (laughs) Gentlemen, hold on to your pants. (laughs) You know, the guys in the back have really outdone themselves this time. All right, we left Rick you speechless. Start, you better start talking or we're going to be out of time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys are probably uh, – I know uh, Ryan knows what I'm talking about. Uh, one poor, unfortunate uh, coach at the girls' state tournament. Yes, I know exactly where George Gosk from Spring Mills split his pants – he went down on the floor, which he's done all year long after a big basket uh, with the uh, Wojo court slap. And the pants, <laughs> after a season, they went. <laughs> I'm going to guess the seams had just, just couldn't, couldn't defy uh, physics anymore. I can't believe I missed that. I was sitting straight across the floor from him. I guess I was... Too busy taking notes. Either that or that extra cheeseburger. I don't know. <laughs> well, there was an interesting picture that was posted on Twitter that you can see his tidy whities <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, the guy has some moves. He's a, he's an enthusiastic young coach. There's no question. Uh, all right, Rick. We've, we've got to get into basketball here for a second. The actual playing of the game. Martinsburg and Musselman both making the AAA Boys State Tournament. Martinsburg was seeded better in the by the regional coaches, uh, or by the coaches within the region, I should say, to be uh, higher seeded in the sectional. Uh, they won the sectional over Musselman. And then you go to the state tournament, and Musselman receives a higher seed. Now, while I fully think that this AAA field balances out to a point that it's not really a big deal, you're talking, you know, Golden Delicious versus a, you know, a different kind of apple here. But uh, apple men, wow, I didn't even realize it. But anyway, uh, I, 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 I was thinking, were you going that direction? And I'm thinking, no, I'm maybe not, not that smart. But then you, you, you caught yourself. Uh, we'll go Granny Smith for uh, as opposed to the Golden Delicious. Yeah, there we go. But but if you remember last week, I said that might happen where Musman would mm-hmm. would be seated ahead of Martinsburg simply because Musman has played a few of the teams uh, in the state tournament. They've played Morgantown, which Martinsburg also has. They've played they've played Parkersburg, which wasn't in the state tournament, but they and they played. 
South Charleston, which was, you know, so teams have kind of, you know, they've branched out in West Virginia while Martinsburg went to Myrtle Beach for a tournament, went to St. James, Maryland for a tournament, uh, you know, with, with just exceptionally na- exceptional national teams. So, you know, I, I thought it might be possible. And I guess I guess it was. Musman's looking forward to its game uh, because they played Huntington last year, and they say it's not the same Huntington team, which it is, which it isn't, because they've grad- Must- Huntington graduated quite a few players from that team last year. Musman has a lot of the same players back. They they originally thought about it as kind of a revenge kind of thing, but then they looked and said, "Well, really, we didn't play the same team, so we just want to go out and." and show ourselves. Martinsburg takes an awful young team down to Huntington. They don't have a senior on the roster right now. So, did I say to Huntington? To Charleston. <laughs> uh, so they're looking forward to, uh, you know, trying to come out of the gate and, and show themselves what they can do. And the biggest thing for Martinsburg, a morning game, and this is a team that has struggled in the first halves first halves of the last maybe four or five games, maybe even longer, they need to wake up uh, in a hurry, uh, maybe like a, a 6 a.m. wake-up call and go out and practice, warm up, and uh, and and try to avoid the, the, the first half. Got to let you go, Rick. Show's ending here. Good night, everyone. Back next week on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the mountain state. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.